everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 198. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Connor's here too. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. This is DC Comics podcast, folks. We talk about DC Comics every week. Coming up on this week's show, we'll be talking about, of course, June Solicits, which came out this week. It's been, you know, monthly Christmas, all that jazz. Uh, we got Superman 21, The Flash 751, Batman The Outsiders number 11, Young Justice 14, Hawkman 22, The Terrifics 26, and The Dollhouse Family number 5. Uh, so that is, that's the comics that are coming up on this week's show. So I'll, I'll later week in terms of books, uh, which is but it's fine. It's fine because it's going to get busy like again. It quick enough uh so obviously we have a bit of news we got solicits to talk about uh, i will just make something clear because something's going to come up in the news and it's going to sound weird because we're going to be avoiding saying a couple of words uh on youtube uh, you get demonetized if you say the name of a certain thing that's happening in the world right now so we'll be dancing around the name of the thing that's causing a lot of industries to Problems. shut down and travel yeah to stop happening and all that uh so if it sounds weird that's what we're talking about you know you know what it is it, it's impossible you don't <laughs> so <laughs> this has just become an Ernest hemingway story it's in what you don't say that's what the true meaning is if you're confused uh, track down from 2010 2011 uh contagion watch contagion you'll have a no. big idea of what's going on <laughs> i remember when that came out uh I'm such a hypochondriac that that would have ruined life for me. So I skip, and I love Soderbergh. He's one of my favorite directors. Um, that was a hard pass. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a good time to watch it right now. Although I, apparently it did rise up. It's in like the top ten like Google yeah. like purchases right now. Yeah. It's contagion, um, which is really funny. If you want to have a laugh, go check out the the 1998 film Outbreak. Because um, sure. someone posted the beginning of that movie, and it is just wild. Um, with with the monkeys re responding to a what looks like a civil war. I've not seen um, it, but I, someone was telling me on a stream this week uh -huh. that it's got a, a, a scene in the movie theater where someone sneezes and it follows the mucus around the room. Yeah, like at a microscopic level. Which so they, wait, I, is that outbreak or contagion? Because I know outbreak. I think that, that is. It's not in contagion. Because I thought there was a scene like that in Contagion, which is why I stayed away because I spend way too much time in movie theaters. No, I, 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 I used to. I've seen Contagion. I don't remember that scene no. in Contagion. Uh, huh. I'll I'll I've not watched it yet, so maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah, you're a greater man than I. It may make, that's maybe a bad time to watch that. That's maybe, that's maybe like watching a, a movie about a plane like crashing on a plane you just no it's not yeah, a bad time for it don't, don't do it <laughs> i mean i would do that as well to be honest with you yeah. um real quick pete which which friday the 13th did you ring in the day with yesterday oh i didn't watch it but me and tim uh, because we well we knew friday the 13th was coming right and we right. just about ran out of them to review because we've done most of them now mm -hmm. uh and the next one is freddy v's jason and we've not, we've not done new nightmare yet so we, we can't skip right. new nightmare and do freddy v's jason so right. uh, but we just so we just we recorded like a casual little 10 minute chat about where we want the movies to go next so we talked oh, about nice. jason and the snow jason in the past uh we talked about jason versus predator it was a nice little chat bro uh, like you're getting a new one anytime soon well, you know, give, give us time. We'll, we'll It'll happen it eventually. Um, so I, I was showing one of my friends had never seen them when we watched part two and part three last night. Mm. And there was a part in part three where I forgot where one of them jumps into like a girl jumps into the, the lake and it's all like, like muddy. And I went, oh, my God, Fre or Jason versus Predator. <laughs> and then the fact that you guys talked about that. Oh, yeah. Like, Jason, that's a great idea. Uh, it is. Wait, who, who do you got money on, though? See, the Predator will get a kill quite quickly, but then Jason will just keep coming back. 
And at that right. point, it's like, well, what does, the, what does the predator do? I would love to see the idea of a worried predator that was like, oh, I made a huge mistake. And now he's trying to get away from Jason. Like, that, that'd that be great. And the hunter becomes the hunted. Yeah. Oh, that stuff writes itself. There's some gold. I, I think you have to have almost a comical uh, potential. Because obviously, Predator yeah. vs. Jason is a very silent fight. I think if you put yeah. Jason versus like your Chucky or even your, your Ash well, as an obvious choice, Bruce Campbell, yeah, Ash Kraken. Would be cool. Chucky, Jason just punts. And that's how you deal with him. It's, I never understood. Like The new one, which I haven't seen, I understand a little bit because he has Bluetooth and, and connectivity. Like I, I get that. He's a constant threat. But the old school one, he doesn't have supernatural strength. He's a plastic doll with the soul of a serial killer. Just kick him across the room. Yeah, but he's got tenacity. And that, 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 that makes up for a lot. <laughs> I, I, I've been don't practicing know. to kick a child my entire life. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why no one wants to see Jason versus Spider-Man. Just think of all the quips. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Uh, for, some, he... for some reason, the way I mix my my slasher villain with my my DC or Marvel continuity, I don't know why. <laughs> no, no, no. What what needs to happen? I mean, get rid of Spider Man, and it's Jason versus Swamp Thing. That's that's the money sure. match. No, that's, your, no, that's your fight. Okay, yeah. No, I can see you know that one. Mean? Or Jason versus Etrigan. Like you need you need a monster versus <laughs> that's, a monster. That's it. That's every Etrigan story already. Thank you, Matt. Well, of course. Uh, I, no. Um, I did. I hadn't watched part three in a very long time. So when he gets the the hockey mask and oh, yeah. becomes an icon, it yeah. is a great moment. Like if I had seen that in a the theater on some weird re-release, I'd start uh, applauding. Also, clearly so. Shelley in that movie is the greatest character in the history of filmmaking. Oh, obviously, I couldn't wait for Shelley. <laughs> it does not happen soon enough. So it's funny is uh, he became a lawyer. The actor became a lawyer in real yeah. life. And mm-hmm. like every time there's a new update on the, because right now there's like a whole court case going on uh-huh. for the the legality because there was this rule made in, 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 in the seventies where uh, the rights would revert back to the original writer of the work. So now the writers in dispute with the producers for rights. Blah blah right. blah. Right. Every time there's an update in the case, Blade Disgusting, which is obviously uh, you know one of the most popular right. horror websites on the internet, mm-hmm. uh, they go to this Consult lawyer him. for legal advice hey. about okay, explain the case to us. What's going on? <laughs> What's going good, on in the court? Good for him. Uh, yeah, that, I want to like that character, and I feel in. 2020 that character becomes the hero but in in 1982 he's definitely the the least um so so yeah i kind of love not satisfying i love how every like five minutes there's something poking at the camera in that movie yeah it's great and it goes out but then it forgets about it until jason starts lunging at chrissy um so that's what i always that's it's great though um I, I have an unabashed love for those movies, and I to blame Pete yeah. so for making me watch them back to back to back. Which, hey, yeah. Just last night, Matt. For I mean, I, I don't want to say too much because I'm reviewing it in yeah. streams with Tim. But mm-hmm. uh, I watched Girl on the Third Floor, which stars one yes. CM Punk. Yeah, uh, and you guys have put me off from watching that for a very long time. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> say for anyone who needs yeah. some a sort of the, the quick gut reaction of that movie is I'll just don't, say this: don't. It's just an incredible amount of sperm. That's all I'm going to okay, say. That's fine. T- the <laughs> word that Tim used to describe it is an adjective. <laughs> what no. word was it? No, don't say no, it. I'm not saying that, it. That's what I just it, said. Is yeah. That, yeah, that's. And I thought that's where you were going. Young, uh, so, in our chat. Yeah. Okay. Some young okay. teens might be listening to this, and I feel yes. like that word is maybe going too far. <laughs> yeah. 
So he knows he had said it. And, you know, I do love CM Punk. I mean, I, I've cooled on him as, as much, right? But hearing he's going to be in a horror movie that was kind of influenced by Evil Dead, I was like, I need to check this out. And when it hit, once it hit Netflix, I've been putting it off just because I'm like, oh, I'll do other things. I mean, and, and thanks to this, the, this global sickness, all of my hobbies have been canceled. Yeah, hobbies uh, so canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you ever wanted to see CM Punk take a load to the face, I mean, it's the movie for you, Matt. Well, <laughs> I mean, not not really, but I mean, no. <sighs> I'm not to listen to this screams. <laughs> yeah. Did, did he have it coming? He actually kind of does. He's, like he, he he's, he's, a, he's a, a bit of a prick in the movie. Yeah, uh, well, that's kind of on brand for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so okay. yeah, that's this is uh, comics for the multiverse, DC comics. Uh, so we'll get into we'll get into the comic allegedly business. Yeah. Hey, sometimes we go like 15, 20 minutes before we get to yeah. topic. This has only been nine minutes. This is this is yeah, a perfectly acceptable and, you know, we, intro. On a, on a date of Friday the Thirteenth, it's you know I feel like we should bring it up. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's Saturday, the, it's Saturday the 14th, technically, but... I mean, Which is just as rare, but no one talks about. Well, te- well, technically, every day is just as rare. Every every combination is just as rare as Friday the 13th. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's, there's not a franchise. Like, Mon- Monday the 7th is equally as rare to Friday the 13th. True. <laughs> anyway. But Friday the 13th post a leap day, that's rare. Huh? Because <laughs> it should have been, it should have been, you know, well. right. And then you're gonna add daylight savings in the U.S., which is such a terrible time. That doesn't change the day. That doesn't change the day. <laughs> no, but it makes it not as fun. So it should have been, you know, leap day changes things. The sun's out longer for whatever reason. Doesn't come up as soon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Keep pointing. It's not out any longer because of daylight savings. The 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 shifting the hour doesn't change the amount of sunlight. It just changes when the sunlight is. Right, but it changes when I go because I get to work early, and now I don't have sun until later. But I have the sense of I know where I need to be by the position of the sun. Right. What so, like, what century do you live in? Oh my god. You know, it's I don't have good signal at work, so I just put my headphones in and go to you know do what I need to do. And I check by the sun. If the sun's up by the time I get to a certain area, I'm behind. That's Matt, not true right now. Not living in like the the 500s. Hey, you uh. know, it, yeah, it's in my Viking blood. What do you want? I can't help it. Uh. I also have a very good sense of direction. So you know. Yeah. Do you balls? Yeah. I was just fixing that. <laughs> I was just fixing that. All right. I comic book things. Well, actually, I'll do a little bit of news before sources because just because it's to do with the world thing that's going on. Uh, Eileen. As Connor keeps calling it for code. Yes. Uh, so, uh, just I just want to mention how it's affecting DC. Uh, DC employees have been asked to work from home, uh, for, from their offices. So that's pretty straightforward. Uh, Diamond's Retailer Summit has been cancelled. Um, so Fair. that's the thing. Um, pretty much every convention for the next couple of months has been cancelled, including one Matt was going to go to. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. But I think I'm still going to go to to Southern California if. If I'm allowed um, <laughs> uh, to go visit Timmy in person uh, and, and Mario, so um, yeah, WonderCon was the big one coming up that is canceled, yeah. and, and I feel like that's the one where we tend to get a lot of DC announcements. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's well, the one they tend to use. Bendis, who the reason I was going was was Bendis and Garrett's were going to be there, uh, and Bendis said he had a a panel planned yeah. that 
they were going to announce some next big thing he had in the works with a yeah. surprise uh, co-creator. I feel or, like or... I feel like now they'll still do these announcements, if nothing else, just to give us some good news while we're yeah. all waiting for stuff to, you know, tide over. Go over. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it sucks. It is what it is, but, you know, safety first, all that. Uh, Right. By all means. So, hey, we, we've, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about wrestling a little bit later, but I mean, we've got empty arena shows to look forward to in the coming weeks, so that'll be and I, and I thought I was going to have empty hockey to, to look forward to. Yeah. And, 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 which, which I, I put on my own fault, like, as a bit of karmic boomerang, because I, I was laughing that the Sharks were, you know, going to have to play in an empty arena, because where they're at, their, their home arena is, like, dead center in one of these major outbreaks. And so they were thinking about it, and then now nobody even gets to see empty arena hockey, and that's what I get for being a jerk. Online. Yeah, the, the sports has been hit pretty hard. Like over yeah. here, uh, football or soccer to you guys, uh, pretty much every league got suspended. Um, it's quite and funny. Nothing like, hey, of value is lost. Shut up, Pete. Let me let me let me <laughs> come to Matt here. Yeah, uh, it was like Thursday night. They went all games this weekend are going ahead as planned. Nothing's changed. And then two hours later, like uh, the yeah. Arsenal manager was like, "Hey, I've got it. It's confirmed." And then our whole team's in isolation, and so's this other one that we're in con- that we just played against. So they're like, "All matches are cancelled." I, I don't know much about Arsenal except that they're, they're one of their co-owners is the owner of my of my American football team. Yes, and, and one of our friends on Twitter is a big fan, so she talks about them a lot. The Arsenal manager coming down with this global sickness. Is the most Arsenal thing, judging off of tweets that I've read. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a really awkward situation, because at the minute, the, the games are just postponed. Yeah. Um, so the season isn't void. If it yeah. is void, it kind of, it's really shit. Cause, so my hometown, the team that I, you know, I mainly mm-hmm. support, is currently at the top of their league and was going to get promoted. <laughs> The, ta- the, the, city I, the city I live in now, at the top of their league, and was going to get promoted. Hey, I don't mean to laugh, but being a long-suffering sports fan, of course, this is when that happens. This is pretty funny. Yeah. But what makes this funnier, though, I have to ask: is this is this a rare occasion? That, is this the first time they've come close to this in a while? Oh, they've been on the downslope for uh, for years at this point because of uh, poor management. <laughs> money. Uh, we're not playing in our own bloody city right now. We're playing in our na- in a neighboring city because we that... can't pay the rent on our studio because of the owners. Oh man! But we're gonna say Pete. I'm gonna I'm say sure that, 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 no, I wasn't a wrestler. It was more. I was going. Uh, I was thinking about like how long it took like uh, the Cubs to win the World Series. This is almost yeah. like if they got into the World Series yeah. and then for some reason the game got called off and it was not involved. Oh, no. In that regard, Liverpool are taking the cake. As, as much as I don't like Liverpool, they are far, far ahead of anyone else at the top the of the first league. place with a bullet. They, yeah. they, they only need to win two more games, and then mathematically they've won the league. It's right. it, it will be the first time they've won the league in like thirty years. <laughs> well, and I know we have a lot of Liverpool fans that listen, at least one in particular, and we know that Tom Taylor, what? right? And what? Gary Frank, I believe, too. Gary Frank, too. So, yeah. No one's um, perfect, clearly. But, yeah, a bunch of terrible people, obviously. But, uh, no, I, I feel for them because my yeah. teams are right, well, I, can, I don't want to be lumped in the car here. I want to make it clear that when I say, when I'm making fun of these <laughs> Liverpool fans, I'm making fun of them because they're football fans, not because they like Liverpool specifically. I hate all teams yeah. equally, right? <laughs> I want to make that very clear. They're, they're talking to the NHL that if they have to you know, cancel the rest of the season just to go to playoffs. They would have to go by win percentage, uh, which sucks yeah. because 
they've they've played so many different it's like, weird, different amounts of games. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Over here, it's like if 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 eighty percent of the games have been played, we can just kind of yeah. rule it as is. But right. they're at like just below that. Yeah. So it's like well, the Knights so, had some 12... teams have played enough, and others haven't. So it's it's really murky right now. Well, and the Knights had twelve games left to play, and they were all against teams vying for a playoff spot. So it was going to get rowdy. Uh, a lot of two of our star players went down with injuries. Um, so like, this is kind of. At least for the Knights, okay. I just miss watching them play. Um, and I'm, you know, but... But hey, more time to read comics. So speaking of comics... <laughs> it does, and that's why I read a book that I said I wasn't going to read. So yeah. what, One last sports thing in oh regard to the, the, the yeah. broadcasters. I feel bad for, like, you know, like ESPN and, and, and things like that. Because, like, like the, the BBC, instead of doing, like, you know, showing the football games, they're playing repeats of Mrs. Brown's Boys, which I'm uh-huh. sure is driving everyone into, into chaos yeah because it's terrible espn literally has no nothing to go talk, off of. talk sport earlier uh-huh. today they, they don't know what to do there's no sports talk about yeah. they had one of their hosts just hey play us your favorite punk records yeah that's what happened well, on their show earlier like what so so here with with espn there's a lot of talk when stuff started to get political keep it to sports and not that they have to go political but all those people <laughs> that said keep it to sports what do you want them to talk about right now <laughs> like you know, um, it's it's really bad. For, I I feel bad for for those because it's like you're a 24 hour broadcaster on one topic, yep. and there is nothing on that topic anymore. Yep, what do you do? Yep. You know, so I usually leave the TV on the NHL network for the dogs when we leave. Like if we're gonna be gone for a little bit, just to have sound in the house as well. Um, and I had explained to them there, there's no hockey right now. I can't put it on there. And just play repeats of old games. Yeah, yeah. My my little white one gypsy. She was a little bit sad. The other two didn't care. So, you know, yeah, ones because, the, dog. because the dogs. Anyway, let's get let's talk about news, shall we? Solicits. We got DC Comics solicits uh, to to get into here. Uh, so this is for the month of June. We got a lot of stuff here. Obviously, we'll tackle specific things as they come up uh, as we as we go throughout. Uh, kicking off with something that was being teased throughout the week by none other than Tom Taylor himself, the Lord and Savior. <laughs> you know, when he goes to announce his actual new project. We're not going to take it seriously because uh-huh. every time he teases something, it ends up to be to do with this. We, we think it's something else. Yeah. yeah, he has said he has like multiple projects in the work at DC, mm-hmm. so there are still other things coming. Yeah, yeah but we're just going to think, okay, what 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 next part of Deceased is coming out from Tom Taylor? Oh wait, he actually is writing Supergirl. Yeah, like, yeah. There was a lot you know? of speculation based on some teaser images what 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 it might be, but ended up being a sequel to Deceased. Uh, Deceased Dead Planet issue one is out. In June, this is a six-issue book, although it's forty pages per issue, five dollars each. So, uh, it's a big six-issue yes. mini. Uh, so, whereas the one we've got right now, the Unkillables, is kind of like a spin-off, and that it's like here's these characters during the outbreak and what went on with them. This seems like it's actually a, a sequel where we're going to see a sort of grown-up John and Damien uh, with Green Canary and uh, Cassie as Wonder Woman coming. I, I'm assuming coming back to Earth for some reason, just based on yeah. Well. And based off the solicits, they're being billed as the Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman of Earth 2. Yes. Which I I love. Like, that is such a fun spin on that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's just the distress call that, that brings them back. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to see kind of what became of zombie Batman and zombie whoever. Yeah. And uh, also, how did Constantine manage to stop aging? Magic. Yeah, magic. <laughs> that was a um, good answer. I'll take it. They got to explain yeah, shit, so- magic. 
Yeah. Uh, well, even if it's ten years, though, like that's not much. Like they were teenagers when no, it's true. left. It's just yeah. you know, Damien looks like okay. He, from the cover picture, I'd have said, oh, he looks yeah. like thirty there. Uh, yeah. And Constantine still looks like the exact same, but I'll yeah. Take yeah. It. So, remind me, Harley and Ivy stayed, right? Yes. With, yeah. Because they were guarded by the green with, with Ivy. So we're definitely seeing them again, and what's happened to society. Um, but yeah, with those... and I don't know how much the variant covers to go on, but of course we've got the, the movie variants. Obviously we had all the horror films before. Right. Um, this time, I don't know if they're, they're sticking to a theme with sci-fi or if it's just whatever, um, but we've got Blade Runner as the first mm-hmm. one. And uh, there is Dr. Fate on that cover, so I assume he's yeah. going to be in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, sci-fi movies are, are a cool shit because Warner Bros. has more interest in sci-fi posters to draw from than I think it does horror. Uh, part, yeah. of me, part of me almost speculates that the reason why it shifted to sci-fi is because they ran out of horror movies that Warner Bros. own to, yeah, to do posters of. Well, we didn't, we didn't want another Conjuring-verse No, we didn't. Cover. Yeah. We didn't. So, I actually know. really like this Blade Runner po- the one, though. I'm yeah, it's, that. it's nice. Yeah, so next up we have Batman 3 Jokers, issue one. It's finally coming. It's going finally. to be three issues. Mm-hmm. 48 pages each seven dollar black label book big prestige kind of sort of thing uh jeff john jason for book is punchline gonna be in it i i doubt it i highly doubt it all right I guess. well then speculators can stay away because yeah. i still have not gotten my second printing of hellorism 3 <laughs> and the complete the completionist in me really needs it i i get, I get that matt i get it uh, um sorry. so yeah three jokers is finally coming and they've got it all done uh, what you know, the, the way he thought was all done before they started releasing it and solicited it. So, uh, this is coming. Uh, I think once per month. I didn't say anything, but by monthly. So I assume it's coming June, July, August. I'm going to assume so, and I feel like that's probably why it's taking so long to solicit. Is that it was waiting till it was all done? Because we know Fabot was working on. I think he was went on like the third issue not he's, long ago. So, yeah, he's been at this for a while. When did the button? When did the button come out? That was. Oh, that was 20... 2017. Yeah, so, because he had told me and my friend, because we met him at, at our local con, oops, I just hit my thing, just, the thing I'm working on right now is going to blow minds, so. That was April, May 2017, so it'll be over three years by the so time. So that was June, so then that was June 2017 when we met him. Cool. Because we, we got our issues of the button signed yeah. by him. Very so. excited to see what this actually is. Yeah, right? the, pre- the, the preview art does look very nice, uh, I will say that. There's, there's... Uh, yeah, it's fabric. Yeah, that's that dude. Um, but the solicit here is they're they're drawing uh, comparisons to the Killing Joke or yeah. influenced from. You know, I'll I'll read, um, I'll read the solicit out. I think it's probably yeah. worth it for this first issue here. Uh, Thirty years after Batman, the Killing Joke changed comics forever. Three Jokers reexamines the myth of who or what the Joker is and what he and what is at the heart of his eternal battle with Batman. New York Times bestseller Jeff Johns and Jason Fabic, uh, the writer-artist team that waged the Dark Side War in the pages of Justice League reunite to tell the ultimate story of Batman and the Joker. Um, after years of anticipation start, starting in DC Universe Rebirth issue 1, the epic miniseries you've been waiting for is here. Find out why there are three Jokers and what that means for the Dark Knight and the Clown Prince of Crime. It's a mystery like any Batman's ever faced. Honestly, that was there's not a lot in there, but... Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a little disingenuous as well. This this did not yeah. start in, in DC Universe Rebirth issue 1. This started in the Justice League issue before with, with Batman on the yeah, chair. To be fair, though, it was yeah. like the, the week before. It's not like that much of a difference. I, I just I feel like... <laughs> be, be, be more genuine here. It was like a week earlier, but whatever. Uh, so, 
yeah uh, so i mean it's pretty clear actually looking at the jokers like one's definitely a killing joke joker uh mm. one is i don't have the art in front of me to look at them uh but it was pretty obvious when i was looking at them yeah because you've so, got one here with the crowbar yeah one's classic uh-huh. well, one's death of the family was the other one yeah death of the family killing joke and kind of classic joker seemed to be the thing yeah like, like pre-crisis kind of joker yeah you know you know joker fish and giant playing cards and um yeah. So wait, is Killing Joke and, and Death of the Family the same? Because I would think those came out so close to each other. No, they're definitely treating it as too different than they are. Too different. Yeah. Because mm. there's definitely the Killing Joke looking Joker that looks like that book, and then there's the one with the crowbar. Right. Just should just clarify that's Death in the Family, not of the Family. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I I hate that they name them so close to each I know. other. Like I understand why. It, it's one letter, or you know what I mean. One word. Yeah, it's one two word. letters. Two letters, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, Batman 3 Jokers is finally starting in June, so that is cool. Uh, of course, we have Dark Knight's Death Metal issue 2. Not much to say here, just to you know, continuing the, the, the big I know event. Just on that, um, someone asked Snyder, hey, you know, now that Didio has gone and plans have changed, did this have any impact on, on Death Metal? And he said, yeah, it's gotten even bigger. Um, I, so I, I wonder if there was stuff that Diddy was like, yeah, we can't be doing that. And and now he's like, oh, okay, we're just going to do it. Okay, I guess. So I was like, this is how I win. Yeah. Part, part, of, <laughs> part of me almost speculates that that's just bullshit and it's just that's just like a marketing sort of phrase. Like, yeah, of course, it bigger could, now. It's even bigger. It could be, but I mean, he, he could have just said, no, nothing's changed. It's yeah. still huge. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, we got Batman 96 and Batman 97. Uh, or Jimenez on the art for both of those uh, tiny issues. Uh, some pretty covers there, if people want to go check them out. Uh, Batgirl 48. Cecil Castellucci is still in the book. Uh, James yeah, Gunn yeah. Jr. is back in the picture, and this is a tie-in to Joker War, so... Uh, that is all no, no, it's not a tie-in to Joker War, is it? No, it is. Yeah, the last joke, so I'm pretty sure it's a tie-in to Joker War, is it not? I mean, I, I didn't yeah. get that impression. It, it talks about how it's uh, James Gunn Jr. teaming up with the Joker, perhaps, but it doesn't really right. mention so Joker War. They did last that, time. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, which is why I was thinking maybe this one wasn't, because the last one was like, this is a Joker War tie-in, and this one is more just... This feels like, well, this feels like you're being pedantic, to be honest. Like, yeah, this, this, is clearly, this is spinning out from what, what happened with the last issue, which was a definite tie-in to Joker War. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being pedantic because the last one was a tie-in. This, this spinning out of it is not a tie-in. There's the difference. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I, I, I just read the Detective Comics, which I Why? usually skip. Why would you do that? Yeah. Detective Comics 1024. Um, let's just see it since Matt read this and reacted to it. The story yeah, of Two-Face yeah. reaches its end and Harvey Dent will at last find peace after decades of schism. Uh, but what will the peace, peace and death, or the chance of a new life? All along, the Joker has been puppet master behind the torment of Two Face, and he knows how to make an entrance. Don't miss the final battle between Batman, Two Face, and Lincoln March. <laughs> okay. That's a name I haven't heard in quite a long time. It's been seventy-four years. Uh, no. So yeah, well, it's kind of a messy cover, um, the, the regular yeah. cover. But I mean, Lincoln March is there in his, his Owlman outfit. I mean, I guess we just call him Alman. I don't know if he ever went by yeah. a, a different name, but we all just kind of went, oh, he's Alman, until they introduced actual Alman. Um, yeah. I still love those, those Vimeo covers that, for Detective have been yeah. absolutely killing it. 
I just like I never thought they'd bring Lincoln March back into it. You know, like I thought that was just a Snyder character, and like maybe we'd see Lincoln March in Death Metal or something. You know, um, but yeah, I was not expecting to see that. Yeah, Nate Wing seventy three, still Dan Jurgens uh, again. This is coming out of Joker War uh, with Joker d- d- sort of doing stuff with Dick Grayson. Um, yes, I I didn't I didn't like that. Like I, I was like, oh cool, like he's Nightwing, and but uh, he's the Joker's puppet. Like, can we please just have Dick Grayson back? <laughs> like he just. Remember back in Rebirth, how good you know his his series mostly was. It was fun I'm to sh- read. Yeah, yeah. We must Honestly, be... his series was pretty good throughout most of the New Fifty Two as well. Like not always yeah. amazing, but it was always nah, solid. It was solid. It was it was mediocre. Yeah. It was solid. It was no. a solid mid tier book. Yeah, it was, it was mediocre, and so was Grayson. While I'm at it, um... <laughs> someone has no taste. Yeah, I have plenty of taste. Thank you very much. For the much. record, it's not me or Connor. No, yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so and the Bat Family largely tying into Joker War. Uh, even Detective Comics has Joker kind of involved, so I assume that's also kind of like the reason why that's even involved is probably because of Joker War. Uh, then we got Wonder Woman seven five nine and seven six. This was actually big news uh, this week. Uh, I mean, in some ways, probably the biggest news I think uh, for our taste because oh, we knew Joker War was coming. More deceased by Taylor is great, but you know, not hugely shocking at this point. Uh, new run on Wonder Woman, starting from issue seven five nine. And I actually, I remember back when we were talking about who could take over Wonder Woman. You know, but I think mm-hmm. back when James Robinson was on the book and we were theorizing who the new run could be. Uh, I, I think I remember pitching. Rico Tamaki as someone who could potentially do it and here we are a couple of years later and Rico Tamaki is taking over uh, with Mikel Yannin on the issues as well obviously he's double shipping so he won't be there you know for everyone no he's the, right. the primary artist though uh, is what yeah. they're calling it again I think kind of like what we used to have by the start of Rebirth where they had a primary and a secondary alternate yeah. between arcs we'll see how long it lasts so I'm so excited to read one Woman again I miss I, I miss that yeah and you know, um, with with Orlando heading over to Marvel for Thank some time. God. Um, great news this week. We, great yeah, news. That we, came we, out first, and we got excited being like, yes, that's less DC books. Right. And then it was like, oh, wait, Tamaki, which I'm pretty sure we'd read anything, at least me and Pete. Yeah. Uh, I, I, at DC. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why, why are you not lumping me in with that? Well, you're because the worst. we don't. Well, not just that. I don't remember you enjoying being super as much as me and Pete did. I liked it. So I liked it. Thank you very much. Okay, calm down. Jeez. No, nah, I don't I'm think I liked it that much. I, I think he's, he's, he's some retconning um, going on here. But anyways. Um, remember that time he said he'd yeah. read all of Heroes in Crisis? Remember that time? Uh, <laughs> uh, so I regret nothing. <laughs> Pepper's Farm remembers. <laughs> uh, so, where we were, 7.59 and 7.60 uh, are the first two issues of that run. Uh, so, that's coming out. Uh, covers are pretty nice. Uh, Marquez, uh, David, David Marquez doing covers. So yeah. Look, Looks like they're going to try to tie it into the, the movie, which hopefully still comes out on time. Um, uh, not yeah. only is there a movie 
Poser variant, but they're bringing in Max Lord. Yeah, you got Max of, Lord in so there. Is, yeah, I'm like, okay, I have no idea what's going on in Orlando's run at the minute because it's yeah. as, oh, as as Diana picks up the pieces following her battle with the four horsewomen and her running with the Phantom Stranger. I'm like, what? What's it, going on? It sounds like it's just a fresh start, to be honest. It's referencing that, yeah. but it sounds like it says it's a brand new day. I assume this is going to be a yeah. perfect jumping on point. Yeah, but this is Wonder Woman should be uh, some. Some who look at her ropes to admiration, and some who line wait to seek revenge. A familiar thread is watching Diana's every move, and now is the perfect time to strike. So, yeah, fresh start as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I, I'm i famous for saying I'm not going to read something and then going back. I will promise you I'm not going to read the Orlando stuff just based uh-huh. off of my personal taste. He, he, he's saying that because this week he, he read two different things that he previously said he wasn't going to. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, more than that, in a little bit. Um, which, by the way, I just remembered. I forgot to put in my Patreon issue when I was listening to the books off at the start. I, I read Midnight or issue oh. one. Oh, that, did, you put, did you put in mine? No, I didn't. Oh, no. I, well, I, I read Red Hood, boy two. I don't even know what did you, I don't even know what one you read. So it's, it's yeah, fine. Pa- well, I mean, the other one's not out yet. There's so. Patreon books coming uh later on look forward to them uh how much i listen to you at the start doesn't it uh so that's the Wonder woman issues in june and then we got event leviathan checkmate issue three obviously we're pumped for that that's Mm. cool strange adventures issue four also pretty cool after that fantastic first issue uh joker harley criminal sanity secret fails issue one so we're getting a one shot i assume to give the regular artist some time to uh yeah this is what we talked about last week this is the the one with the 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 criminal psychologist yeah, so that's coming out uh, in, in June. That's a prestige plus format, six dollars, thirty-two pages. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Harley Quinn: The Birds of Prey issue three. That's the uh, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor yeah. book. Uh, this, this is issue three of four. Again, black label. Uh, we got some trade paperbacks. This is the uh, the young adult stuff, the kids stuff. Uh, DC DC superhero girls midterms, <laughs> Lois Lane and the Friendship Challenge, Teen Titans Go to Camp. Do you know what I love about that title? That reminds me of those the Ernest movies, whereas Ernest saves Christmas. Yeah. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest raids again. Ernest does this. Ernest does that. Ernest it's kind of like what stupid. they did with the uh, the movie as well. Teen Titans Go to the movies. Yeah, yeah. Right. but but there there was a, an Ernest one. It was Ernest goes to camp. So which is why it specifically sprung. Well, Okay, fair right. enough. Uh, and then on the other regular books, we got Action Comics 1024, and unfortunately, John Romita Jr. is still on the <laughs> goddamn thing. Shut up, Connor. Oh, that was in the advanced solicits, and I saw it, and I just cackled out loud at work. <sighs> You're the worst. Uh, Amethyst issue 4 is coming, of course. Aquaman 61, still Kelly Sue, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman The Adventure Continues, issue 2. This is the six-issue mini continuing the animated series universe with Paul Denny and Alan Burnett. Uh, so that's still coming. Batman The Outsiders 14. Uh, nice to see Dexter Soy back on art, because I think he skipped one issue, uh, if I remember correctly. So it's nice to see that he's still on the book. So that's awesome news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Beyond 45, one of the longest running books since the start of Rebirth. Still S- going. Still not a final issue. Yep. Nope. Uh, Batman's Grave Issue, that's the Warren Ellis uh, 12 issue series. That's still going. Uh, we got Batman Superman Issue 11 um, with Max Rayner on the art. But that's not the artist we had in the last issue, is it? I don't think so. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know me. without checking. Um, the name's not ringing a however, bell. It, it's not being shown, but there's a Wonder Woman 88 variant cover by Jenny Frisian, which... Ooh. Need it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, issue 10 was Clayton Henry on art. Uh, mm. To his credit, though, the covers that are there uh, are both are, are pretty good. great. Yeah, that, that Jay Lee cover 
uh, is, yeah. is quite pretty. And I'm not a Jay Lee guy, so but that's, I uh, that's a nice guy. I really like the first arc that Jay Lee had on on Batman Superman uh, in the mm -hmm. New Fifty Two. I thought it kind of lost itself after that, but uh, really liked it at first. Yeah, Catwoman twenty four. Uh, that book's still going. Uh, then we have yeah. the Flash seven five seven and seven five eight. Uh, yes, Legion of Zoom is the new storyline. <laughs> Perfect. Legion of Zoom. <laughs> uh, Green Lantern Season 2, Issue 5. That's continuing on. Harley Quinn 74. Uh, yeah. Um, that one actually, the it sounds like it um, is a final issue for this team. Um, uh, Sam and Sam, as as the, the, the fans mm -hmm. have been calling the team. Because um, it says, you know, epic finale to our story, but it's obviously not a final issue, yeah. so maybe a new team on that well, for 75. When did, when did they uh, start the book? Oh, it's been a while. Um, Has there been like 30 issues? Like 50. Yeah, 25, yeah. I think, um, 25, 30, something like that. It's a while, I'm going to have to check, because it, it feels like they've been going for, a, you know... Yeah. Um, I, I want to say it's been over 25 issues, but... I... I'm just looking at it on Amazon, the, the first one. Uh, 43 they started. Okay, so yeah, just over 30 then. That's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, Hawkman, Hawkman 25 uh, is coming out. Yep. Uh, we got mm -hmm. Justice League 48 and 49, notably with a new writer on the book. Interestingly, Vendetti's off the book, and we have Simon Spurrier at least doing an arc. So but Yeah, I think it's just a three-issue arc from the way it said it. Um uh venditti did actually talk about this on twitter he said that um basically dc offered him another project and he knew he couldn't take that and do justice league with justice league being double shipping because mm. um, mm. he said basically you know he's done double shipping with uh Harlem pals he knows what the schedule's right. like and he knows he can't do it alongside what would be another Sorry. book on top of hawkman and whatever else he's got <sighs> um, i'm excited to see what it is though okay okay yeah very seriously what venditti's doing um, I'm a fan of Spurrier this, as well. Which, so, which begs I'm the question that if this is only a three issue arc from Spurrier, then he, he'll have issue 50 as his finale. Uh, what, you know, so that'll be an anniversary, you know, super sized issue. You know, what was 51 onwards? Who's, or, I mean, presumably, actually, maybe the new run will even start in 50 because that'll be multiple stories. So 50 might have. 50 might not be multiple stories. Well, the 50s have just been oversized. Yeah, okay, some of them, but some of them have like backups. I, 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 I mean, I could see them doing like a, like, main story and backup and the backups to start the new run they could, or it could be as, as much as this says three-part story could essentially be you know four issues worth yeah we'll wait and see uh so we'll see how the new team is if there is a new one maybe they'll keep spurrier on maybe it's a three-issue arc but then oh we liked him so he can stick around for could be yeah whatever uh just like dark 24 uh notably still going not a final issue just uh uh, same with Just League Odyssey 22, not a final issue, uh, worth nope. mentioning. Um, and Matt, were you catching up on this this week? Yeah, yeah, I've gotten like three issues read in addition to everything else. And um, So here's the, here's the thing, uh, Matt, I heard you were doing yeah. this, so I read one issue of Justice League Odyssey. <laughs> it's, the reason I've only gotten three read is that, that issue six, I think, mm -hmm. was very difficult to get through. Um Yes. Williamson didn't leave it at an easy place for Abnett to take over. Yeah. That said, a couple issues in, and once you realize what's going on, and it becomes a relic hunt for the next couple issues, mm. um, that excites me because I like I that type of stuff. Yeah, I think I might have skipped an issue because I sort of just looked at what was a natural place to jump in because uh, yeah. I had no hope of really remembering exactly what was going on when I left. I see. I thought we got done with the first arc and that ended on five. So I, I. Uh, picked up the trade for the next volume 
and that's what I'm reading. And that started with six, I believe. So we'll we'll see if I can get so, caught up. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I don't like what Abbott's done with Starfire. Exactly. Um, that's not my fun bubbly uh, red red haired alien girl. If I um, needed another reason not to bother, then uh, that'll do. Yeah, it. and 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 I get you can like this might be a conversation for a different part, but you, you can change character stuff. But this is so antithetical to who she is and who she's been. Yeah, yeah it just it, it kind of hurts. That said, I've been assured that the the just stuff picks up because mm-hmm. she's she's been pretty good in the issues I've read. Um, but I don't want to have to sacrifice, you know. One of my favorites for, for another oh, yeah. one of my favorites, yeah. you know. So. No, no, I mean, I'm intrigued to, to catch up on it. I only got well, one issue read, admittedly, so it's not, I don't yeah, it's, it's and, like swimming through it, but. And from what I've, what we've been told, too, is that it, it's kind of, not that it's key, but we talked about it last time, that it's, um, Abnett's pretty good at doing under, like, undercover stuff that's kind of important. Mm. Um, so we'll see how this plays out, especially when you have Darkseid involved. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the other issue I read, Dark Side, like, it's clear that he's trying to reform a new apocalypse out of mm-hmm. uh, what's going on. So, uh, yep. but yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll catch up. Maybe we'll talk about that. Let's um, get up. And uh, the other one that I'm tempted to every so often, even though it kept disappointing, is Detective, just because yeah. it's Detective. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we'll see, see. And then I see the Lincoln March showing up. I go, and it's a Two Face story. Maybe. And I'm like, <laughs> hmm. Or I can get caught up on my Marvel books. I got Thor Four sitting there. That needs to be read. That came out this week. So yeah, I haven't read anything Marvel yeah. this week yet. And there's yeah. there's a there's new Star Wars books in there this week. Oh, no yep. one cares. No one Bounty cares Hunters. about Star Wars books. Yep. Uh, next up in solicits, we have Legion of Superheroes issue eight. So you know, not, not much to add except the covers being uh, pretty. Yeah, I like the wind cover. Justin Wynn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like the other one quite a bit actually. The uh, suit cover. Uh, that's a good one too I think yeah, Six has right. been scratching match on that book uh, Lois Lane 12 final issue of that is out uh, in June sad to see it go hopefully maybe it yeah. leads to a sequel one with a pair of great covers yeah that Amanda cover I'm going to have to get and that's Amanda Connor's not a, an artist that I'm typically like oh, need we cannot talk about good covers without bringing up Man Bat issue 2 uh, which is yeah, we'll next we'll get there we'll get there but that Amanda Connor Lois cover, if they're ever going to do like a collection of Lois books, this needs to be the cover. I can see that. This is everything about Lois Lane in, in one image, like complete with John saying mom over and over again into the art. Um, my, my, my only straight. real problem is that there's mm-hmm. no typo. There, there needs to be some spelling error because yeah. you know, she spells everything phonetically. Yeah. yeah. All right, Man Bat 2, huh? Yes. Okay. Look at it. That's a pretty that, good that, cover. That's a horror movie poster, Beat. Yes, exactly. Like, that's why yeah, I like it. That's, that's great. Um, it looks like a werewolf movie poster. It just happens to be Man Bat instead. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. seems like he's half with, dozen uh, of one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got dead shots, like laser sight thing yep. dangling out of his mouth. Uh, really, really pretty. That's issue 205. Uh, same with Manhunter's Secret History issue 2, 205. Um... That's also a pretty neat cover, actually. Uh, very stylized. Yeah. Little, little gratuitous, I would say. But... Yeah, the ass, little... the ass in the face is a bit much. But I mean, if, ignoring that, it is a pretty cover. It is. However, uh... if I'm going to make excuses for it, it does look like she's dropping a, a sweet roundhouse because that foot's coming straight for the camera. 
I thought, I, for some reason, yeah. I thought Matt said he was just dropping a sweet deuce or something. Like that. <laughs> no, around us. I, what I will say about that is that's that's clearly the the Derek Chu cover, and Derek Chu up till now, in my experience, has been the knockoff art gem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this feels a little bit more distinct than that. Uh, if if, if, if it, it still doesn't has feel... that digital sheen, but other than that, it doesn't really feel like an art germ, which is more posed. This has this... got a lot more shadows to it. I feel art gems yeah. are very, very well lit at all times, and not not as a critique. I just you know that's the style. Uh, right. Whereas this this feels a little bit uh, a little bit more shadowy to that. Yeah, Fred Fred did his own own voice, as it were. So. Yeah. Uh, Metal Man issue nine. Obviously, we, de- we had the last couple issues were were delayed a little bit. Uh, yeah, but... I've got that here. Um, seven, which was supposed to come out on the March eighteenth, is now coming out April eighth, and eight is moving from April fifteenth to April twenty ninth. Yeah, so uh, issue nine is due out on the seventeenth of June. So that is cool. Question: Death of Vic Sage issue four, the final issue in this four-issue series by Jeff Lemire, which we've been enjoying. The first two were great, uh, so that's coming out in June. Really cool. Uh, Red to Outlaw forty-seven, Connor's most excited, anticipated book. Screw you. <laughs> we got Shazam fourteen, which notably is not written by Jeff Johns. No, I'm seeing some conflicting things about this. Uh, Newsarama ran a thing like this was. They didn't say it was the new team. They were just like, "Hey, new team on this." Like, as, and they just quoted the, uh, you know, the the solicit. They didn't actually get any further information. But I have seen uh, some people on Twitter saying this is just a, a fill-in issue. Okay. Um, so we'll see. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, obviously, I hope Johns is still on it after this because I, I I want Johns to keep yep. writing comics. Uh, and obviously, we got three Jokers for a few months, but it'd be nice to have a an ongoing consistently there. Uh, I will say, I do like the cover uh, where Shazam sitting down. Uh, yeah, that's a really pretty cover. I think that's it. Yeah, that's Brandon Peterson. That's yeah, that's the regular cover. So, yeah. That looks that looks a lot of fun. Uh, the story sounds weird because um, his teachers unleashes a lecture on the ethics of unchecked power and privilege. And I'm just like, when you say unleash a lecture, that seems to me like it's come, the lecture has come to life and is attacking Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it does. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then we got Suicide Squad issue seven. Also, with oh that cover, oh baby, that cover was the uh, I think it's the variant. It must be the variant. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, the the Roberts one. Yep. That is Rosita and and uh, Chaos Kitten and Thylacine. Yeah, and yeah. That's that's actually really nice. I, I kind of think I prefer the other one with Deadshot with his daughter. The other one. I mean, the other one's the really. Other one... Feels like a comic cover. Yeah, that's that, that's, a, that's a more kind of like typical but really good comic cover. Whereas the other ones are really nice piece of art. Um, it, it looks like a movie poster. I like how the uh, proportions on them are so different because the, the bulky mm-hmm. one really feels bulky and like thick, and then yeah. uh, Chaos Kittens, you know, obviously much sleeker and like I like that. Yeah, right. no, it feels like a movie poster, and if that's what they're going for, which I assume it is. Um, then absolutely nailed it. Yeah, uh, we got Superman twenty four. Kevin Maguire on art for this issue. Cool mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, obviously we're looking forward to that well two of us are Connor's weird uh, but he is looking forward to it Jimmy Olsen issue 12 the final issue of that series in June the main yes, cover are. cracked me up that's what it gave me a chuckle <laughs> that whole book just cracks you up yeah it does oh, uh, I'm gonna miss it me too I hope we get more of that uh, yep just pay Matt Fraction whatever he wants to keep writing it we got T-Tites yep. 43 uh, still going not a final issue Fair enough. Uh, we got terrific. Which seems so- weird after the events of Young Justice this week. So, 
Yeah, Teen Titans um, just kind of on its own little bubble somewhere. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's really connected. Yeah, this is, this is uh, Damien going after KG Beast for what he did to Dick, right? Which I kind of yeah. like. That's something that I've wanted. You know? Someone needs to get vengeance. Yeah. Uh, it's written by Robbie Thompson. It's, I mean, it's worth mentioning. Adam Glass is not in the book anymore. I don't even know when that yeah. happened. <laughs> it was a while ago. I, I think we've spoken about this like for the last three months in a row. Uh, we can we keep noticing. <laughs> and, and then, but none of us can be bothered to actually check. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, maybe it's better, maybe it's not. But I mean, it's one of those things where the book was so off the radar for us that, like, it would take it would take a big news story saying, "Hey, big hot new arc, new new creative team, or something," to get us sort of directed back yeah, towards I don't even it. Remember hearing about a new creative team for this in terms of an individual article yeah it's just just uh, it obviously happened in the solicits but we never even noticed yeah we got terrifics 29 still not final issue like that yeah. uh so that's really cool uh so that's coming out uh young justice issue 17 uh continuing as we are scott godlewski on the art for this one uh john tim's just doing the cover as opposed to doing the interiors uh, or in the case of this week's yeah. issue half the interiors uh and, so uh, godlewski did uh parts of super sons so he fits this God Tim Lewis style. Is a really solid mid tier mm-hmm. artist. He's not someone that yeah. oh I'd be excited from the book. But if he if he's doing a fill in, he's, he's never someone bad. No. Yep. Uh, we got plunge issue five, so second to last chapter uh, of that story. Obviously, we had one issue so far, but we loved it. So <laughs> cool mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Daphne Burn issue six. We dropped that one, but that's ending in June. Far sector issue seven, which I I don't know if it's a mistake. It says bi monthly in the solicit for this, but I don't know if that's just a mistake because obviously, I mean, this will be the seventh no. issue in a row. It might be switching to bi monthly from then. Right. It could. It could be. Uh, but we talk about that that Cedric variant. I've not heard anyone talk oh. about it. The Cedric variant. Yeah. Cedric variant. Look at it, Pete. I mean, it's it so nice. It's rather pretty. Like, like, like to put that next to a Jamal Campbell cover, and you're just like, oh man, which one do I pick? <laughs> that was like me on the first issue. It was a Campbell and uh, McKelvey yeah. cover. I'm like, this yeah. is this is this book's already got me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it says bi-monthly, both in the written part of the solicit and yeah, in continues the list. on continues on Are... a new bi-monthly schedule. Yeah, okay, so there you go. Uh, um, I wonder, I wonder what's caused that specifically. I wonder if Campbell uh, was no, struggling. To... Yeah, I'm going to assume Campbell, given that he has been the the only artist on the book, and yeah. maybe he's just okay. I, I need more lead time. I'm not going to finish it in time. Rather than delay it, just switch to bi monthly. That upsets me just because it probably means that it delays uh, Naomi season two by a few months, at least. Or maybe he's been working on Naomi as well, and that's why this has to go to bi monthly. Because he needs to keep that schedule. Okay. I mean, yeah. if if it if it is just a case of he he needs a break, uh, sure. You know, Naomi can wait. Yeah, I would say that someone just because I'm not reading it. I mean, in, I'd say that about any book. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't agree with that, Connor. The only problem with this is that this was the one where I was struggling to remember things between issues. So, like going bi-monthly is not a great, <laughs> great, it, great. It's not, but maybe by the time <laughs> it gets to seven, you'll be more into it. And yeah, because I, I felt like I'm getting better at remembering every issue. Uh, with just the the repetition of it, so maybe by the time I've had seven in a row, that come eight, I won't feel it as bad. Yeah, and then we got all the uh, the Sandman universe stuff. Uh, yeah, um, House of Whispers is its final issue, um, so mm-hmm. that's the the second one to be cancelled because um, obviously the Dreaming got cancelled to then be relaunched with the the yeah. new one. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say that got cancelled. I would just say that got relaunched. I think there's a difference. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I was under the impression. Maybe maybe I'm wrong and misremembering, but last month when we spoke about this, I thought it was a twelve issue series, Waking Hours, the the the, the Wilson. 
Uh, sounds box, but there's no vaguely, mention of it here. Sounds vaguely familiar. Maybe it's just an ongoing now. Yeah. Um, well, it's not we, we've seen mistakes in the solicits before, so it's entirely possible someone slapped 12 issue on, on it and it was just a mistake. Uh, it, it absolutely could have happened, yeah. Um, but, so. uh, House Whispers, I, I've read about the first 10 or 12 issues and it's it's pretty decent from what I've read. Um, but 22 issues isn't like a bad run. Hmm. So there you go. That's uh, all that. And obviously there's the facsimile editions, the giants and uh, the trades and collections and all that stuff. Uh, there's, a, there's a Batgirl by Simone New 52 omnibus coming out. I mean, that's the thing. See, uh, Back in the Giants is a Mark Russell story coming in the Swamp Thing one, which mm. I'm going to have to figure out how to get my hands on that because I don't, these giants are, I know my my shop doesn't get them. So my shop do some does if you order them. Um yeah. I know there was, I think there was an Aquaman one that's just come out or coming out that has a Tom Taylor story in it. It's it's frustrating that these aren't digital. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was digital, I would just get it and, you know. Yeah. Uh, other notable series, uh, Batman by Paul Denny Omnibus, which has all of his detective run and a lot of the Streets of Gotham stuff that he was involved in. Um, it's a shame that it's just kind of his issues, though, because Streets of Gotham is a worthwhile series to just read all the way through. Uh, so it's kind of just broken up into just the, the little batches of issues he did in it, unfortunately, in the book. Streets of Gotham, is that what Heart of Hush popped up in? Hearts of, Heart of Hush led to it. Yeah, that kind okay. of spun out of Hearts yeah. of Hush. Uh, okay. I, I loved that so, Streets of Gotham stuff. Because I know I, I was reading well. it, but I don't remember what happened in it. No, um, that was really good. It was basically a solid, you know, Dick and Damien, like, do other cases, you know, on top okay. of what you were reading in the Morrison book. So it was another Batman and Robin Fair book, enough. basically. Uh, Fair enough. But it was it was it was solid stuff. Uh, but I love his detective run. The trades have been out of print for half of it for a long ass time. So yeah. Uh, so it's nice to have them sort of back in some form. But I would hey, not be surprised to see as well this get the kind of the big thick trade treatment sometime mm. after this. And yeah, and when that happens, I will pick that up because I omnibuses are too bulky for me. Yeah, I, I like those big thick trades. Ideally, I would like a trade of all the detective run and then a, tr- a big thick trade of all the streets of Gotham, but all, all yeah. of it, not just Denny's uh, issues. I, I would do that as well, and that would be yeah. the ideal way to collect it. Hey, yeah. and we know that's where my favorite version of Riddler pops up. Yeah. So uh, what's kind of cool. Uh, is that Batman the Golden Age Omnibus issue or volume 8 sorry is out and I'm saying that's cool is because they're actually getting close to finishing the Golden Age and Omnibus like they'll have a complete set oh really uh, so yeah they're they're relatively like you know they're they're at the point now where like uh, they're up to that takes them up to Batman 77 and I I don't know off the top of my head when the Golden Age ends and the Silver Age starts but um, I, I think that's them past the halfway point which is cool yeah, we're in early 1950s here, according to the solicit. Yeah, so, so and the Silver Age is what, the mid-late 50s that starts in officially? Um, Silver Age, it's it's usually introduction of Barry Allen, right? No, I think the official start date's a little bit before that, because that's like 1959. I'm sure it's... I'm sure, I'm sure I've read that the official year where Silver Age is considered to be the beginning is before that. Uh, commonly considered to be 1956. There you go. So, I knew it was okay, in the middle. Fair enough. Yeah. So that that means, yeah, they've got maybe f- three or four volumes of this, which I know sounds like a lot still, but the fact that they're that close <laughs> is kind of impressive. Yeah. Because that's yeah. a big chunk. Uh, Burns Man of Steel, because uh, that was going to be an omnibus and now it's uh, just a hardcover now, but it's a 480-page hardcover, so it's basically a big, thick deluxe edition style uh, collection 
Uh, it looks like it collects Man of Steel 26 and then the first one and a half of the trades that came after that. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, because I think the trades are, what, nine volumes, including, yeah, the Man of Steel miniseries, so this is probably going to be three hardcovers yep. for the sounds yep. of it. So that makes sense. Just, uh, just for the record, by the way, we, we were both right on that, because uh, October 56 was when Barry Allen was created, so... Oh, really? It, it was his first issue, Showcase Issue 4, is the start of the Silver Age. Huh. But the, the ongoing Flash series didn't start for a couple of years after that, right? I mean, probably not. No. Yeah, okay. But um, in terms of his first appearance... Uh, so, they, and the Green Lantern, I think, is what? Is it around the same time? Can't when be When they rebranded? Again, like, I'm sure his ongoing series was like 1960, so yeah, maybe it was like his first appearance yeah. was a little his bit before His first that. appearance was Showcase 22 in 59. For Hal Jordan. Yeah, that's so what I, I thought. Was I was going to say 59, yeah. but I didn't want to get it wrong because I couldn't remember if it was 58 or 59. Yeah. So, yeah, man. That, that's why New Frontier is so good. Because <laughs> the birth of the Silver Age happens with those two heroes. There uh, you go. Um, so, there's a couple of interesting things there in the, uh, the trade solicits and whatnot. Uh, so, oh, so cool. All right, there you go. That's a, a solicits for June. Uh, so, some interesting <laughs> real, things. Real quick. I'm not that familiar with Jack Kirby stuff, so forgive my ignorance, but mm-hmm. they have a Forever People trade paperback coming out uh, in, in July. How did I not know this was flipping, uh, pow- or like, not quite Power Rangers, uh, Captain Planet with New Gods? Like, five young heroes who, with the help of their mother box, have the ability to summon the mighty Infinity Man? Like, this sounds like right up my alley, and this is the first I'm realizing. Like, I- I'd heard of the Forever People. Right? But, like, yeah. I didn't know that was a gimmick. Now I'm going to have to read this. Plus, there's a character named Big Bear. Okay, perfect for you, oh. then, basically. Uh, right. We have a couple other things to talk about. Uh, that's either not in the solicits or something else has been teased. Uh, so, first things first. Uh, Generation 2, which we were expecting in the June solicits, is nowhere to be found. And they eventually confirmed later that Generation 1 has been delayed. Now, they're not outright cancelled. They are, they, they're going to resolicit and uh, have them coming out later. Uh, which basically to me says that, okay, we're still going to do these, these one-shots, but they're going to change everything about them to fit whatever's going to come next. Because G5, or 5G rather, has completely changed because Diddy was not there anymore. I, I would say less to change what comes, you know, to, to fit what comes next and more to make them irrelevant. And not like a big okay. This is this is you know clearly defining things. Well, more that, de- just, that depends on what they're a little bit vague. That depends on what they want to do with it, though. Like maybe maybe they will make them super relevant because they'll they'll, they'll do something else with them. But uh, either way, they're clearly changing what's inside them to fit whatever the, the new plan is. Whether that's because they want them to be ignorable, whether that's because they want it to lead to a new five G that's different to what it was before, whether that's because whatever, like they're changing them. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if if uh, if it'll be the same teams, you know, because like, we had that like that brain trust of of creators on them, or if it's just uh, completely different. Could be a bit of both. It could be okay. Some people who are working on it will stay on and sort of you know map out what the story is, uh, or maybe they'll just change everyone. It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I think your mic was going there. I thought I could hear a little crackle. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, so yeah. How do you feel, Matt, about generations being delayed? I'm bummed out because I talked myself into it. So, so now, now it's not there. He talked um, himself into it after Didio got canned. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. Because, you know, I, I like continuity shifts. Like, it's it's part of my brand. So 
Oh, man. I mean, if there was going to be a lot of creative relaunches coming with the end of this, I can see a lot of those still holding because they still want these teams to be on the books. So yeah. maybe they'll still use this as a way to sort of build up to that. Also, this has, like, tomorrow wrestling term, like, I'm a little tired of Snyder holding the book and, like, stuff having to follow whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. So the fact, like, now it just seems like th- these are getting shel- shelved for whatever happens in Dark Knight Metal. Too, which just seemed to me like it was going to be a popcorn thing. I think know? it still will be. I don't think anything happens in Metal will really have a big impact beyond just maybe it'll reestablish some JSA yeah. stuff for Snyder's JSA book. But... Well, if that's the case, that's fine because we all know how I feel about the JSA and Jay Garrick, you know, uh, as a whole. So, but like I, I was looking forward to seeing how this plays out with, you know, whatever, whoever made up the generations and like. You know, even if this is now just an alternate Earth, this is like Earth, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but let's say Earth 27, and that's what we'd go to and see. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and any other thing that came up this week is that Tom King is teasing something with Watchmen characters that's not been announced or in any way, but he was teasing on Twitter. Uh, yeah, the image of Rorschach. Uh, there was also this actually leads back to something from a few months ago uh, last year when he w- was reading, he was doing research, and he showed like Watchmen material for that research. So Tom King's got something cooking that is related in some way to Watchmen. It's hard personally to get excited about this. Like we just had Doomsday Clock. I got, we just had a great you know Watchmen sequel related thing. I don't need any more Watchmen for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of okay with with them just being gone again for at least five years and do stuff then. Yeah, doing something with the Watchmen characters right after Doomsday Clock feels just like a, a tone-deaf move. Um, that said, I mean, maybe it's exactly the sort of thing that Tom King's writing style would lend itself to, so it's entirely possible the actual thing will end up being great. But it, this this feels much like doing anything with Batman Who Laughs right now, or, or whatever. It's like, we just did a thing. Can we leave it alone for yeah. X amount of time? It's not to say the thing will inherently be bad, because whatever happens with Batman Who Laughs might, on its own, be pretty great. And this Tom King, Watchmen thing, whatever it may be, may be fantastic. But it's hard to get excited for it. Yeah, it doesn't help that the thing that we just had with Watchmen was, like, at least by all three of our accounts, a total 10 out of 10 masterpiece. And how are you going to live up to that? <laughs> yeah, one of the best series in decades. And it's like, yes. now what? Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm kind of, after Watchmen on, on HBO and Doomsday Clock, I'm kind of okay with them just leaving it alone for a while. Yeah, but this is the thing, though. It's not because they've tired you out. It's because those were two great things. Yeah. It's like, well, what can we do now? We've just had two almost perfect, like, Watchmen continuations. Yeah, and they, and they both, like, reinvigorated the original in ways, like, like, I, I didn't read the before Watchmen stuff, but I never got the vibe that those fit into the story as well as both of these did. Because, like, dude, we, we've talked about it. Doomsday Clock was a perfect comic book version of a sequel, while uh, the show was, like, a perfect, you know, in-time sequel. Like, this is what would have happened in that world this many years later. So, you know. And, like, King is, is kind of dodgy. Like, yeah, I, I really like Mr. Miracle, and I enjoyed the first issue of strange adventures but yeah him doing watchmen i don't know yeah we'll see we'll see what it is i mean it, it, 
I mean, it could be a, a red herring. It could be like, oh, there's like a, a Rorschach copycat in the DCU or something, and like we're following that character. I mean, it's still cheating a lot because it's using Watchmen imagery, but like, you know, yeah. we'll see how well, connected I mean, it actually is. It would be is. better than just another Watchmen story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, or or if it's the Charlton characters and we get them, you know, like it's like it's the question and Blue Beetle. I mean, it's kind of weird to tease it as Watchmen and that. If it's, yeah, but, if it's something you know that was I mean? left over from Doomsday Clock, you know, like, you know, Rorschach's yeah. mask gets left behind or something, and it's sort of like, I don't know, like something falls on from that. That's a bit more interesting, maybe, because it's in the DCU, yeah. but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, not a whole lot to add. It's hard to get super pumped, like, like Matt said, though, uh, at this point, so. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the news, unless there's anything I missed that you guys want to uh, throw got- in. A couple of delays, and then just something that I'll talk about as an omission from the solicits in the same way that the the, the, the generations were. Okay. Um, delays, um, I mean, it's it's usual suspects. Doom Patrol, Wait the World. <laughs> uh, now it is April 8th, so that's back another week, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the other one is uh, Young Justice, uh, issue 15 has shifted from the 1st of April to the 8th. So, not not a huge slip. Um, yeah, same as this and, month, actually, because this week's issue was maybe last week. I just got pushed a week. Yep, and then uh, Metal Men uh, slipped again. Uh, 6 has slipped from the 18th of March to the 1st of April, and then 7th from the 15th of April to the 29th. So it's kind of just had a knock-on. Right. Uh, but, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll catch up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that I I noticed that that were really missing from the solicits that I uh, wanted to mention is there's no anniversary issues, no big eighty page, hundred page. Don't give them ideas. No, it's too late now. They, they they're not going to retroactive solicit. I like, hey, no, they might be like, oh, hey, we we want, they want more. He's asking. Oh no no! I'm I'm glad. Um, I suspect there'll be a couple more this year at least. But yeah, if we get a month off at least, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, un- un- unless they well, just know one's getting delayed. Into, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind kind of after Flash, I feel like now they're just superfluous. You know, like then then again, I'm very excited for the Green Lantern one too. So I guess it just comes out of personal taste. Yeah, I'm excited for the Green Lantern one most, and then I forgot there was a Green Lantern one coming. To be yeah. honest with you. And well, there, that's how many there are. I just kind of forget. Yeah, but how do you forget the fantastic Liam Sharp cover that we didn't realize was Liam Sharp until he tweeted it, Connor? No, you're right. As soon as yeah. you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Because yeah. I'm, I'm remembering, obviously, uh, Robin, because that's probably next week. Yeah, I, I think Ro- Robin's next year. Uh, Robin, I mean, Robin's probably the one I'm looking forward to after Green Lantern the most, just because uh, I need my dose of dick, and <laughs> that's where I'm going to get it. So I would say um, I'm looking forward more to the Catwoman one than the Robin one. Now I've seen the creative teams and the stories that are in it. I know that was going around on Twitter earlier today. I saw Liam Sharp. He's got like a three-page story in there. Because um, um, we got we got the teams here. There's a, a Paul Dini with uh, Lupacino story. Um, and the Senti with, with Robson Roca. I mean, yeah. But the, the Tom King and Janin that, that we know, we've been, they've been teasing this past week, right? Um, there's a few others. There's a, a Brubaker and Stewart one, which is probably something to, you know tying off from their run that they did before. Um, so there's a few there that I'm like, okay, I'm probably looking forward to that more than I am the Robin one now, just based off of yeah, the, the teams. Yeah, let's see. Both of, 
those just feel superfluous. Like I get it, there it's eighty years. Like that's that is a milestone, and they should do something. But I don't know if these big oversized books are it. You know, like we're I'm stupidly gonna read them because I have no self control. But it doesn't mean I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a Jeff Parker story in there, which yeah. that'll be fun. Oh, it's been a while yeah. since I've read a Jeff Parker story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, but like you know, like like. Like Superman, Batman, those are two big ones, and then you know Wonder Woman, and then Flash. Flash is like my next tier of favorites, uh, and then Green Lantern. So after that, I mean, yeah, Robin, great Catwoman. So what you're saying Fox. is the Justice League comes first? <laughs> kind of, but then again, I don't want to feel like I'm shitting on Robin and Catwoman because they both are very important characters to comic history. I just don't know if an oversized. You know, like an annual, like, 80, 80th anniversary, you know what I mean? Uh, does it make any sense? On the, on the upside, though, it's given these characters a chance to actually be number one in comic sales for the first time in their yeah. history, as we saw with Wonder Woman, so... Uh, yeah. it's not, it's not, I mean, that's not true for Green Lantern, because Green Lantern did actually, I think, hit number one when Jeff Johns was writing them a few yeah, times. Yeah, during the Blackest Night. Yeah, I think, I yeah. think Green Lantern's already had some number ones. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Flash, though. Has Flash ever been number one in Diamond's charts i don't know not that i'm aware of but that doesn't mean no doesn't mean no no so we'll see we'll see uh but there you go that's how you go that's a uh, comic book news and solicits uh for for the for the week and don't worry guys because next week is everyone's favorite segment next week we have sales figure i don't know about you but i'm ill next week sales figure. I'm, I'm catching a certain something yeah as i say i almost said the, the forbidden word uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is what it must feel like to be Billy Batson, and you know you can't say the magic word <laughs> in school, right? And you're just like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. So, they, yeah. they should do a little thing with him where he has to say it with intention, because that, that, yeah. that would stop him being just tricked into saying it a lot. Right, right. All right, so we'll start off this week with Superman 21. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because Connor just waited for us to finish our wrestling talk and we're starting with a book that he didn't read. So, uh, that's good stuff. So, Superman 21, Brian Michael Bendis writing, Ivan Reese on the art, the fight with Mongol, although now we know from the other book that it's actually younger. Son of Mongol, yeah. which is what I'm calling him now. Yes. But then again, how many Mongols ago was the Mongol we knew from previous events? Yeah, <laughs> versus... I mean, we don't know. <laughs> However, I'll, I'll take this. Um, sure. Yeah, the the fight scenes in this were very, I don't say weirdly because it wasn't that, that there's negative connotations. It was something I haven't seen before, um, and it it ramped up things like I'm not used to in comics. Um, all basically dialogueless and it's all action, but the way that that Reese uh, divvied up the page and the layouts, it's real cool. Hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of action at the start. Um, Superman's basically got Mongol beat, uh, but ultimately realizes that in them fighting away from the all the armies of all the you know the United Planets, the United Planets mm-hmm. are all starting to fight each other, and Mongols kind of won. So Superman has to kind of go in and break that up, um, yep. and ultimately needs the Justice League's help to to do it. The Justice League show up, and because of what's going on on Earth, which we also see a little bit of as well, sort of sprinkled throughout. Uh, Wonder Woman says to him, like, hey, you should probably go back to Earth and help your wife because you kind of created a hurricane uh, <laughs> that she's dealing with back there. Uh, so, yeah, so Superman's hopeful that he's going to be able to try and salvage this United Planets, but we'll see. 
if you remember last issue, Lois was ambushed by the reporter asking about Superman, you know, basically declared himself the king of Earth. That was not his words, of course, but that's how people are taking it. That's how they're, yeah, repeating it. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't know Tim Drake owned a hotel in Chicago. Yeah, well, it's been the Drake since he's been writing, so. I know, but um, it's just, um, I just, I'm reading the line here. I'm like, surprised. yeah, but he's, he's just Drake now. So yeah, it just yeah, made yeah, me I yeah, yeah, no. Um, the, the stuff of the United Planets I thought was really what pushed this book over the top for me. Mm-hmm. Just with Superman going like, this is why we need it. We need it because, you know, the the Cuns and the, the Dominion have been at war with each other for, for decades now. And now they finally put it aside to, to try this out. And it's needed. Unity's needed now more than ever. And I don't know if it's just the, you know, the, the current events in the world right now but that that line really resonated this week so yeah uh, i get yeah. it I get and let's it. just get superman so yeah uh, so uh i like how lois knows the cameraman that this reporter showed up with and she's like andy yeah. what, what the hell are you doing with these people <laughs> like it's like hey I need to pay money's rent. money yeah yep, money's money and and i also love how she gives the 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 ambush reporter basically a lesson on on reporting reporting etiquette and that's why i love lois lane yeah, because she, she's like, she seemed panicked at first, but she's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You really thought an ambush was going to be the best way to get this out of me? Um, and, and yeah, she was basically, I don't say shames her, but that's what she does. Like, well, you, you could do so much better. Well, one of the things she does as well is she she sort of asks the source, but she points out that I can tell from the way you're asking that you don't know what the source is either. You have no mm-hmm. idea where this footage came from. Uh, and afterwards, she tries to get it from Andy, and she's like, nah, I can't give it to you. And she's like, yeah, I know. Uh, worth the try. Uh, but she kind of she says to herself, once she shuts the door, she says to herself, wait, uh, Clark, you're supposed to tell me things like this. And if you declared yourself the king of Earth, that basically makes me the queen. I need lawyers. I need all the lawyers <laughs> right now. Uh, but when uh, Clark's on his way back, uh, towards the end of the issue, of course, uh, to help with this low situation, uh, he actually notices that Mongol thinking, because Mongol fled the, the fight before. Yep. Uh, Mongol's bringing War World to Earth. We, 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 you know, we're we're wrapping up the issue here. We got one more yeah. page of uh, Lois stuff, but that's kind of the big cliffhanger from Superman's side of things. And then Lois's side of things, uh, Cameron Chase shows up uh, and wants to question about her. Wants to wants to question Superman as well. Yeah. Um, so and there's a little joke from her about how that's the second time she's opened the door. This issue. She's like, okay, no more doors for me. I'm done yeah. with doors. Uh, so, pretty fun stuff. Um, yeah, no, that's just all this issue. I mean, I love the last issue of Superman. Um, and this issue is really good. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's nothing wrong with this issue, but the last issue just, it sparks so many, like, creative ideas for me. And this issue is just nicely bringing them all forward and doing more stuff with them. Superman feels like Superman, him standing up for the United Planets, all that stuff's really good. Uh, Ivan Reese's art, obviously, really solid. Um, it's not my favorite art, by any means, but it's solid. It's no. really solid. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like, again, the Mongol stuff I thought was really, really good with the the lines that he divides it up get more frequent mm-hmm. as you get going through the fight. So, yeah, and it adds a ramping up, which I thought was really cool. Um, but the character that shows up at the end, Cameron Chase, didn't we get her in Supergirl working for the DEO at one point? Uh, that sounds right. That sounds right. Because, yeah, so I'm looking this up because I forgot to do it earlier in the week um been a while, i, I but... could have sworn it was she showed up in orlando's like she was kicked out 
By Bones. Because right right, Bones right, replaced her, if I remember right. Right, right before Leviathan kicked off. Well, it was a bit earlier um, than that, because it was because Bones was in well, Supergirl for a while. Right, right, right. But yeah. Um, but her showing up here, um, uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so she's here to question, question them. Um, huh. Shoot. Also, Cameron Chase showed up on uh, Supergirl, the TV show. Didn't remember that. Uh, not do I. Assuming it was when yeah. I was still watching it. You know, yeah, it was Emma Caulfield uh, back in 2015. From the hit television series, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I do not remember this at all. Yeah. I don't remember Anya showing up on Supergirl. She showed up. She, she had dark was hair. not on Supergirl. Yes, she was. Go pull it up, guys. I'm pulling it up right now. I, yeah, I don't know if I buy this song. Yep, Chase was there in. Uh, I would the never have heard the, the goddamn end of it. <laughs> uh, silence says we all search for things. This is a no, great no, idea. No, uh, no, hey, hey, I'm not meant to be on this book anyway, so <laughs> this, this is Matt's fault. This is all Matt's fault. I agree. There is a, an image of a sat in Catco. Yeah, I'm see I'm seeing her. I'll admit though, like. Like, I can tell it's Emma Caulfield because I'm really like looking for it, but she's not like striking me as Emma Caulfield, like really obviously. No, she doesn't look like Anya. No, uh, I I'll remember this episode. I'll remember Cameron Shishon. No, I don't remember. It was during this was, this was in was, season one. Yeah, it was during yeah when you find out that Win is is the son of Toy Man. He's Junior, uh. and so she she shows up to. Yeah, I mean, I remember that episode. I don't remember mm -hmm. her, but I'll tell you word for it. Yeah, okay. And Wikipedia's yeah. word for it, more importantly. Yeah. Yeah, so fair. anyways, um, but yeah, so Kim, that this is, um, clearly she found a, another job, right? Um, well, she had the FBI. Yeah, so that, that's good. I mean, it's good she got out of the DO, which she did, because oh. Leviathan was coming. Um, but, and business is going to use her, so that, that's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Superman's solid, as it has been. Um, has to make up for action, so... Yes. Uh, no, Superman, Superman has been really good. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's not just because action got worse with the JRJR, JR, but uh, yeah. Superman did step well, up it, anyway. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, so yeah. Good. Uh, cool. We're we giving it, Matt. I'm going to use it in 7.5. Like you said, it's not, not as good as last time's, but it's still pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will... Uh, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with the 7.5. Solid issue, but... Uh, and continue the story in ways that uh, I think are interesting, uh, but yeah. it, it didn't necessarily like because last last issue introduced all that Daily Star stuff, and I thought I loved that yeah. stuff. Uh, and the fight with Mongo was really nice, sort of spursed out with, mm -hmm. within it. Uh, all right, and I'll take us up to the Flash seven five one. Joshua Williamson writing with Christian Dus on the art. Uh, this uh, obviously continues the story that uh, was in seven fifty with uh, Godspeed showing up at the behest of Paradox. And, of course, revealed in this issue that Godspeed was playing Paradox to find out what his goals were and what he was up to, uh, and gave that kind of a kind of a moment. Um, we got a little bit of backstory Shit. in Godspeed, just in case you've forgotten it. There's a nice little bit of narration yeah. at the start to sort of remind you, here's who Godspeed is, uh, and so on. Um, Given that Godspeed was the very first arc, I think that's a pretty acceptable. Right, was, yeah, I think that's fair, yeah. I forgot he was a, an undercover detective at one point. Uh, and he leads it that here that he was undercover. Mm. So when it pays off that he was just trying to milk Paradox for what he could, um, 
Yeah. I, I like that. I, if they are going to make him the Jason Todd of, of the Flash family. It does feel this, like that, doesn't it? Yeah, this, this goes in the right direction where it's like, you know, I'm going to do bad things sometimes, but I'm going to do it in the name of, of the righteous. Um, that's okay by me. Um, it's better than Jason Todd. Yeah, well, I don't know what to say. Also, he has a great name. August Hart. Wait, just... I thought you were talking about Godspeed, which is also a great name. That, that's also a good name, too. Um, because that's always like a farewell, right? You know, like Godspeed, young man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I still hate Paradox. I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> Why did you even read this, Matt? Um, no, it, it's not. Like, so what, what do people have told me? Because I put up a poll on, I think it was, yeah, it was yesterday. Because I, I got all my comics right early. Um, like, should, should I read Flash 751? And it was overwhelmingly yes. So I gave it a shot. And a lot of people have said, since I stopped reading it however many issues ago before 750, I think it was one or two. It has <laughs> that's, that's gotten how, better. That's how, that's how long he was off the book. It was like two or three we issues. Be back. Yeah. Um, so um, that, that said, I, I don't like how everything ties back to the fight with Turtle. I really don't like that. So, sure. Oh no, I um, I agree with that. I will say this though. I I thought seven fifty the main story was an improvement, and I think this issue pretty much kept that going. It still felt like that 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 atmosphere that I liked in the last issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fight looked good. The racing around looked good. Uh-huh. Um, I think Paradox does look like shit, but I do love the concept of a Flash villain who's after him because every time he's messed with the time, well, you know, stream that things have changed and well, whatnot. And, and and also he he goes here about the crisis energy. So this might have been something I missed. But he's he's trying to 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 mine all the crisis energy, right? Because that's what he needs to reshape to basically get the get his family back. Which yeah. I think that's a real smart touch. That was in his origin issue. Yeah. So I I must have been spaced out when you guys were talking about that. Uh, I was paying attention. Oh, so buddy, I never listened. That, yeah. So when when that came up here, I was like, all right, Williamson, that's a that's a fun touch for for a villain here. Um, but yeah, his design his design sucks. Um, yeah, his his visual appearance is crappy, but the actual and, like you know motivations I think are pretty yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. And I like Iris kind of looking into things and you know finding that Commander Cold uh, like I like tape. that in concept. I I really don't like a lot of her dialogue and uh, you know her narration boxes feels kind of off to me. A little bit off. That uh, said, uh, Commander Cold's coming back after this with Paradox and his sure. crisis energies. I'm I'm gonna call the shot now. Yeah, I, I get that. Hey, that makes sense. Who, who's, who's the big twist here? Because like, is, is it more than just uh, you know Reverse Flash is involved, or is it? Well, is I, it? I, yeah, I just think it's Reverse Flash is involved in that Reverse Flash. Who's I mean, you say that dismissively, but I, I do actually kind of like the idea that like, oh, there's yeah. one, one, the one person who could beat Paradox in the future was Reverse Flash. I actually kind of like that. Right, and and I like that. And was it because Reverse Flash was still just trying to be Flash? What 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 part of this? Because if if we're using the classic origin, is at first Thon tried to be Flash. He tried to be heroic before realizing. Yeah, I think that's that, still the current origin. I recall yeah. that being earlier in this run. And I yeah, so and I find Deuce hit and miss, but I actually thought he yeah. did a quite good job in this issue. I was liking the art for the yeah. most part. I tried yeah, to hit and miss just... even within this issue personally. Like there were some bits where it was really clean and nice and other parts where it felt like there was a lot of extra like lines and shadows that, that yeah. didn't really need to be there and it was like, yeah just a bit inconsistent the first, the, the first fla- uh, splash page I think is really good with Wally and or Wally 
Man, that makes me sad. But Barry and, <laughs> I, and Godspeed. I, honestly, I think um, most of the fighting, most of the running around looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, deuces, flash, the, the, the ears still mm-hmm. look too wide. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. They're, they're, yeah, they're not sleek. Um, I think it, it just it's, it, a lot of the time it's so clean, and then there's a panel here. It's just before uh, Paradox smashes through Godspeed, and, and you know, he said your resolve filled the you know, your resolve filled the people of Central City with, and it's uh, it's looking at Barry. Uh, it's kind of in the middle of the issue, mm-hmm. and it's just so overshadowed and like all all these extra you know lines and crosshatching yeah. on there, and I just. It's panels like that where it really takes me out of it. And then I think the, the next page, which is like a mostly splash, isn't that great. But then there are other bits where it's it's so clean and, and, and looks great. It's it's really inconsistent for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. the two-page spread that comes later where Paradox blasts them with, like, crisis energy or whatever he's blasting them with. Uh, I think that yeah. looks really good. The colors are really nice and vivid. Um, even the page after, Iris's reaction, yelling Barry because she's talking to him. Uh, really good. So Paradox like, drags off uh, Godspeed uh, with them, and the, the big finale is that wherever Bar- Barry's been blasted to, he's in some sort of field, there's a tree, he's very tranquil, and he turns around and his mother's there. Uh, you know, it's speed one of the- Force, right? Spe- yeah, Speed Force, yeah. Uh, well, one of the things that really makes me laugh, though, is that the TV show kind of ruined these kind of moments for me, because the TV show overdid yep. this yep. so much. All Especially the time, using at least Barry's once a season. Yep. Yeah. yeah like, the first I- time I- they I did it, and groaned. Yeah, the, the first time they did it on the show, I think, it was the Kevin Smith issue or issue uh, episode hmm. uh, towards the end of, I want to say it's season two. And it was really well handled. Um, so they it was kept, very doing going, it, kept doing it. Y- yeah. And now here it has no meaning. And that's not Williamson's fault. Like, um, Yeah, it's unfair because I got to this and went, oh, great, yeah. this. And, and yeah. it's not fair because Williamson didn't do anything wrong. He didn't deserve, like, you know, no, as, as much makes... had problems, there's nothing wrong with this beat. Well, but I'm just sick of seeing it because of the TV show. Well, and I also feel like it's one of those false cliffhangers that Williamson's known to do where she's going to be like, Barry, you got to get back up. you got to run. And I, yeah. I know she's going to tell Barry, you got to run. Well, that, that's, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. Like, like <laughs> you know. Um, but also, I am more interested in Godspeed throwing, or uh, Paradox throwing Godspeed on the Cosmic Treadmill. Yeah, it, like, what I is thought that? that's what was happening as well. He, we never see it get quite to that. He walks towards no, he's, the yeah, he's, he's dragging mm-hmm. him towards it the last we see of him. Yeah. Um, interesting, though. Because he has yeah. work to do, but no, I, I mean, did like the, the Zoom stuff, uh, or the uh, reverse flash. We can't call him Professor Zoom anymore because of Zoom. You know, yeah. Zolomon. Se- separate yeah. separate um, character. I, you know, I, right. I, I like this issue for the most part. I, I think it felt like yeah. a flash issue, which is something that the book didn't feel like for a long time. Has it? Yeah. Um, just further away we can get from year one and if we could just you know you know speed force it out of existence that that's fine by me we'll, we'll um, probably get to that point but i mean yeah. other, other than a couple of references to oh you know when you were fighting the turtle that's when you know my thing happened yeah. like other than that like i don't have a whole lot to complain about it's not like an exemplary issue by any means but yeah. much like well, 750's main story I'm kind of just like enjoying. I'm enjoying the 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 dialogue. I'm enjoying the the yeah. the action. Like it, it feels like a flash story. Yeah. So also here the um, him saying that Barry died in the crisis. Is crisis still that in canon? Is this well, the no? The point is, Matt. Metaverse? Here is the point is here is that is that paradox is outside Remembers of all that timeline. He can remember all of it. Okay. That's what I'm saying, because I didn't yeah. read that issue, and I also didn't listen. So I, that's where I wasn't like, wait, so 
now they're just adding things there. Yeah, I think that, he tries uh, well, to. Well, that makes more if, sense. If they're aware of it, there are stuff here. Like he talks about, you know, Barry creating the flashpoint, and he kind of remembers before. Right. So there, there are things there that okay. kind of put the pieces in. Right. Yeah. So then he's he's basically outside of time and space itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know how much if anyone remembers the original Crisis, given you know Flashpoint and Rebirth and everything in between. But that's, well, that's my point. Like, well, yeah. Barry technically didn't do that, so. Well, but yeah. I, I, that's the point. Um, this is the book telling us is that Paradox yeah. is outside that and can see all that. He can see because gotcha. the, the whole point of that character is that he can tra- see every time Flash has been messing with the time stream and Crisis right. is one such it's, shift. And it's funny. It kind okay. of reminds me of Whatever. what we were talking about last time with uh, the new villain or whatever's going on in uh, Justice League Odyssey. I'm sure Matt will get there eventually, and Pete, if he actually catches up right. as well, I don't know. Um, but you know, we were talking about how they they were rewriting time, you know, and kind of correcting and using. You're picking this crisis or that crisis and kind of right. changing little bits, but very aware well, of all these multiple. Yeah, so that's what I was going to bring up. I was saving it for this because of the the whole paradox thing and the the crisis. So in in Justice League Odyssey, spoiler for Pete coming up here, uh, you find out that, uh, that that Dark Side was able to make them all gods in the Ghost Sector by he found a way to manipulate hyper time. So Dark Side's been messing with the timeline uh, in the of Ghost course Sector, he has. right? <laughs> And that he did this because in order to have anti-life and to make him more important, he needs life. So if whatever the superheroes did in in No Justice that broke the source wall, whatever's coming is going to wipe out life. That's not good for Darkseid. Because it's along those, if there's no one left to rule, What's the point? <laughs> I have no power. And yeah. so he has this noble intention to preserve life, but only so he can control it later. And that's where... With Starfire, she goes, okay, that makes sense. I'll help you. And that's what's driving me nuts. That's not a Corey thing, right? Like, I could see Azriel being down with that, right? Yeah, Corey's usually very pragmatic, but she, there, there is yeah. a line. Right, so... Um, I think working with Darkseid is quite over right. that so, line. So, and if this is relatively early, this is issue 7, 8, that this pops up in... By wherever we're at now, where we're talking about a, someone messing with crises and being aware of stuff, that yeah. would all make sense if Darkseid's messing with Hypertime. Because we all know what happens when you mess with Hypertime in the DC Universe. Like, stuff starts to get wonky. There's time remnants. There's, you know, yeah. the, the Time Masters and all this other stuff. So, you know. That's and, the biggest uh, loss of any of this 5G stuff. Is I, was, I, was, I was looking forward to all the, the timeline shenanigans. Yep. Yep, me too. Like just just the prospect of, of Booster and Rip Hunter, and and how they really because they're the ones that are always outside of stuff too, you know. Like like Booster, that was one of the things I always loved about Booster was he knows all this stuff, but he can't tell anybody because it wouldn't make any sense to them, mm. you know. Like the times he went back to try to save Barbara Gordon from the Killing Joke happening, but because it's a time that basically cemented into the timeline now, he can't change it no matter what he does, and he knows this, but. He can't tell anybody. Like, so the fact, like, if that's happening just like Odyssey, if that's happening here now with like Paradox and him being aware of everything, and that almost being an uh, an instigator, but you know what I mean? It led to the 5G. Yeah. I'm like, what's the end point now? Like, what's what's the end game? Is it just a fl- another flash story where this happens? Is this you know, are they gonna keep them separate? Because don't don't forget. If Williamson had kind of left notes for Abnett on this was kind of the direction, these seem to go hand in hand. 
Yeah, that's right? true. Paradox in in hyper time. So weird. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll end up tying in together. And that's why we always was writing that book in the first place. I don't know. It's, it's hard to yeah. say. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought Flash 751 was fun. I mean, I've definitely... 15, 15, 751 have definitely the most I've enjoyed the book uh, in yeah. over a year. Maybe a year yeah, and a half. I'm, I'm going to come back in two weeks now and see what, what's going to happen with... Uh, well, it's two or three weeks. I can't remember. Did 750 get pushed or did this get... No, it was fifty. Got pushed, so it'll be two weeks from okay. now. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to to seven five two now. Yeah. See see what happens with the mom. So uh, we give it, Matt. I'm gonna go seven point five. Same same as Superman. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, the the art's a little bit wonky though. So, but yeah. Connor. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot uh harsher. Than you guys on this one, I think. What a like, shock. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, it's not a bad issue. It's fine. Um, like I say, the art's really up and down. There are some panels that I really like, some that I really don't. Uh, overall, uh, it's a 5.5. You know, it, it's it's all right. It's not bad. She's still, you know, higher than the threes and fours I was giving it a couple of months ago. Uh, I want to read Matt and go with 7.5. Uh, I think it's. Uh, it's I had fun time reading them. I, I, you know, I. Like, there was a time for about a year there where I was miserable reading Flash, and uh, I'm happy to say that Williamson's not necessarily turned it into, like, like, like a, gr- a great must-read book, but he's turned it around back into, oh, wait, I'm enjoying reading this again. So, yeah, I want to read it versus being annoyed that I yes, have to read exactly. it. Yes, exactly. There you go. That's the which, which is, again, which is my the, the guy that works at my shop that always picks something. He's like, you know you don't have to read something you don't like. I was like, no, you don't understand. That's not how my brain works. You know? So, yeah. So yeah, and that'll take us on to Batman The Outsiders, issue 11, Brian Amber Hill writing with Dexter Soy on the art. Uh, the little book they could, because I feel like, you know, when this started, it felt like, oh, maybe this won't be that important, maybe it won't be, like, you know, be that, feel that necessary or whatever. Uh, I have continuously liked this more and more uh, with yeah. each passing and, issue. You know what, and it's not important, and it's kind of in its own little corner, and... I yeah. want to keep it that way. Oh, sure. Like, Maybe import was the wrong word to use, but the point yeah. I was being is like, just I didn't feel like it was something that needed to be read. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas... No. Yeah. And that's, again, that's why I like it because we're, we're getting all these little interpersonal relationships. Like, here, Batman and, and Sophia have an entire... Their entire story in this issue is a discussion of Sophia needing to be who she needs to be. Right? Like, don't let anybody else tell you who you're going to be. Yeah. And like I like that that happens with a with with Batman, right? And his actual expertise in dealing with younger heroes. Yeah, it's, you it's, know, it's trying to fit a mold. Ultimately, it it's, it's him taking her to what used to be a court of rebels based in the sewers, yeah. and saying, "Hey, try and mold what you want going to be." And there's a lot of like spare parts of different costumes and weapons, and he's like, "No, like wh- wh- who do you want to be to the world? Like you get to pick wh- who you are." Uh, so this is kind of her becoming whatever she's going to be superhero-wise, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the rest of the issue, of course, is the big fight that we had the cliffhanger for last issue, which is when, you know, Jefferson and, and uh, Shiva were attacked by the, the squad from Raz, which was uh, Karma oh. and Ishmael and Calibur, and I think there was one more. I want to say there was one more. No, maybe not. Maybe it was just three of them. Uh, but, you know, uh, and we have, like, the, the, the cavalry shot with, uh, with Cass and, and Duke, uh, and Katana, and we get this big fight, uh, and it's a pretty great big fight with lots. Of, I think there's a lot of great moments in here. Shiva kind of allies herself with everyone else, which is kind of cool. Uh, Cass basically, you know, after taking a hit or two, 
ends up wiping the floor with one of them. Uh, the art here was great. Like, you know, I think it's like mm-hmm. a double kick she does to Karma. Uh, it's just this beautiful moment. Um, um, I will say, do you know something that's really starting to bug me in comics, though? And this book's guilty What's of that? it. Uh, Young Justice was guilty of it this week. And I feel like every single week there's at least two or three books that are guilty of this. It's a character saying, I have this or we have this. That line yeah. is overused to such a degree that it's really starting to stick out to me. I mean, that's fair. Just, but, but I do with these characters, though, they're, they seem so dis, disseparate. What's, how, how do you say that word? Um, so for them to come together, especially like with, with Shiva there too and, and, and her... Oh, yeah, and, uh, Shiva basically says afterwards, "Like I, yeah. I want you to to love me again, so I will align myself mm-hmm. to your cause to cast." So Shiva uh-huh. is at least going to try and pretend to be a good character for a while, right? <laughs> just... Right. So, so I'm I'm okay with it in, in certain, but you're right that it happens too much. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, and also Katana cuts off uh, Calib. Uh, was that Caliber or Ishmael? I, I get them mixed up. That is Caliber. Caliber's. Caliber's cable. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Cali- Caliber's arm gets cut off. <laughs> um, yeah. so. Well, then he sets off a bomb throughout the city that takes him away. And he's like, see, this is what the problem with you superheroes. Um, yeah, another well, thing that pops up here. Well, that's not, that's not what he says. What he, what he actually says is that Raz al Ghul's big master plan is to stop things like this from happening. And then, the, then he presses a button and then we see yeah. like, the next full page spread is like just locations around the city just going off. So that's, yeah. that's just turned into like a major terrorist incident. Uh, and all of a yeah. sudden the team's got like, shit, we need to get in there and help people. Crap. Well, I also like here, we're talking about interpersonal stuff here too, is with, with Jefferson and talking to Ishmael, he's like, you killed my friend. He's like, well, that's the cost of this year. And him having to... Shiva's like, don't hold back. Just let him have it. But Jefferson's like, no, because then there's no difference between us. And so I, I like that. I like that Shiva's trying to get him to, you know, just just, just kill him and it'll be over with and you'll get your vengeance. But it's not about that. With Black Lightning, it's always been about justice over vengeance. And it's these little small pieces. And that's why I like, you know, the, the writer here He's really good at that type of stuff. Yeah, um, no. Um, the little small moments. Yeah, Hell, Hell's been really solid, and I think he's been getting stronger throughout this book, and then from reading this stuff yep. in Angel, um, it feels like he's gotten more confident and more refined in how much like text he needs, because I feel like if you go back to his detective run, uh, I felt like that was maybe a bit wordier than this stuff, and then you mm-hmm. read this, and it just it it, it flows so well. Uh, it feels like he's really yeah. grown confident in everything he's doing. Um, well, and I like that Karma... Um, he shows up and they're like, oh, um, I think it's Duke is like, he fixed your mask. And he's like, yeah, through Ra's al Ghul, all things, right? And then he goes, oh, yeah, and he unleashes his, his darkness power. Um, so I thought that was a pretty fun moment. And also, I forget who tells uh, Cass that she's a, you're, you're not an orphan. You know what I mean? Um, you, you know, you're just playing up one. Your mother's right there. Like you're, mm. So I also like that too, because she's trying to distance herself. Um, and so Shiva coming back in her life is a nice little wrinkle. And I, so I, I guess let's see over – the overarching theme of this entire issue is is you are who you want to be, not who people tell you you are. Because that goes with, with Sophia and Batman and Black Lightning and you know all of them. So uh, you yeah, so- can't always say that with, with each of the comics we read every week. 
So yeah, uh, that's um, like them, them going off to rush and help everyone in the city. Uh, mm-hmm. Sophia's picking her armor, and then the, the other thing we have to mention is that Razal goes in Markovia, and we don't really know what he's doing uh, at first. He's he's kind of like killing people, and he's finding this place in the desert. Uh, and ultimately, the final page reveals that he essentially has his Technodrome. Mm-hmm. He's got a big war machine thing in the desert. This is it's kind of I'd say it looks kind of turtley with its shell. It's got like a shell. Yeah. Almost. But it comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Markovia. Um, that, that's Leviathan now. So, where is Markovia? I always thought it's in Eastern Europe, but when you start putting it in this desert-like place mm. where Roz is... Wait, um, I, I was 100% certain Markovia was Eastern Europe until you've just said that. But yeah, if you go back and look at this, Roz is going through. It's like a... Not a desert, but more like the steppes, right? Like if you if you know that geographical mm-hmm. feature, like these big, wide open, deserted plains that aren't quite grass. Like it's so yeah. Go- Googling it seems to the consensus apparently is Western Europe. It's located between France, Belgium, and Luxembourg. Um, so I would still not say desert no. by any means. <laughs> no, so that, that that was one thing too, and. In Leviathan Rising, it becomes Leviathan because they they sell out. Yeah, they buy the country basically. Right. However, yeah. knowing my outsider's history, the fact that he goes to Markovia and that's where Geoforce is from, um, a nice little nod there. But yeah, it's just wondering where Markovia is meant to be. Uh, but but that's not bury the lead here. Razal Gul is a technodrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in the desert of Markovia. So again, let, let's. You know, figure this out. <laughs> how, how does a technodrome get there? And where is there, exactly? It can move. Matt wants logic with his comics, Dan. It can move. <laughs> well, DC is really good at that, though. Like, when it comes to where places are. Right? Yeah, usually it's like, really consistent and it makes sense. And I don't know if it's just the name Markovia that sounds Eastern European, but I always got that impression. But if you tell me, oh, it's, it's you know, yeah. France, Luxembourg, Belgium, I go, well, okay, like, sure. It's not that far to off. To me... It was a place that had fallen to the Soviet Union and then afterwards mm-hmm. reclaimed it, their identity. It, f- right? it always felt to me like a place they used instead of Ukraine. Right, right. So, yeah. but, I mean, but it's not that far off. It's got some deserts. No. I mean, it's a fictional country. It's got some deserts. It's fine. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> when, when you have Indonesia and we see that in Flash and it's this little island in, in I think, the Indian Ocean or the... the Somewhere around there, right? And then it pops up in, in Tom Taylor's Suicide Squad. And it was roughly the same. Like, that feels great as a comic fan. So here, I don't know. Mm. It's nothing small, but these little things that I fall on. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yes, but Raz has got some big master plan to take over the world mm-hmm. or whatever with his Technodrome. Uh-huh. Uh, so, no, it was like three distinct plots. All of them were great. It all looked fantastic. The exercise art is just a joy to... Uh, look at and read through uh, so I have very very little complaints about this issue honestly what are you giving it Matt? Yeah. I'm going to give this a, a solid 8 a lot, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff in this I'll go a smidge higher and say 8.5 uh, yeah. I'm really digging Batman The Outsiders it's become one of my sort of low key like most anticipated books every month 
so no, Batman Outsider is really, really good stuff. Uh, so that'll take us on to Young Justice, issue 14. Brian Michael Bendis and David F. Walker writing with art by uh, Michael Avon Oeming and John Timms, uh, which is mostly split up in a way that makes sense with the stuff in Skataris yeah. uh, having the... Uh, the Wemming art, with the exception of two pages towards the start that are randomly also him, even though it's not the Skatara stuff. Um, which no, but I do like that when the regular Earth pokes through to Skataris, it's the Tim's art on the combined with the Oming art. Yeah, but right? no, but there's, so, a, there's a couple of pages at start though that's none of that. It's just just randomly him instead right. of Tim's for no reason. Right. Uh, no, I know. I'm just saying I like. What they did here with that balance, where, um, you know, where, where the Star Labs lady or where the doctor is talking to them, but it's Tim's art over the Oming art, which sure. I, I think is real cool. Uh, it's a so, fun little thing. Yeah, the first few pages are basically Impulse collecting the new characters from last issue, uh, Sideways, uh, Arrowette, spoiler. Uh, and of course, Aqualad. Uh, so we get a few pages sort of collecting them, and this this is really good stuff. This is the sort of stuff where it's a nice refresher for us. It's a nice uh, page if you you know if you if you're just reading Young Justice, you've not really encountered most of these characters, and I think with some of them you might not have. I mean, I've barely seen any of Arrowette, like barely. Yeah. Uh, um, Sideways has obviously only had the one series, so I mean we know who he is because we've been reading stuff you know consistently for yep. a few years. But uh, you know, that's another one that could use the uh, and even Aqualad's kind of a newer invention. Uh, this version yeah, of but we, we got a lot of him in Teen Titans when we were reading that, like him and Damien's relationship. Uh, so Does it was fun a to see. Good job of introducing them here for people. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the, my favorite one though is when when Impulse shows up to Arrowette and she's like, "I'm, I don't, uh, I'm retired," because it says it says Suzanne Sissy King Jones, one of the greatest archers alive. She's Arrowette. She goes, "What the what?" And then the blurb goes, "Retired." Um, and she's like serving at like a restaurant, so I thought that was just a fun, fun little thing. Who, again, I don't think I made it in Young Justice up to where she shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not that familiar with her. Yeah, she came. Well, no, she debuted in Impulse 28, so that's a that's a fun piece. There you go. Um, uh, which is, which is nice. Like, I, I, it's one of those things yeah. where she may be technically older than Stephanie Brown, but I feel like Stephanie Brown's actually the most prolific yeah. out of the four. Just because she's had yeah. uh, a bit more sort of higher caliber, you know, like page appearances, I guess, in the last you know decade or so. Anyway, uh, so yeah, collects these these four characters. We have the rest of the Young Justice sort of showing up uh, at, at uh, you know the the place in New Mexico where they think the secret lab is, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of logos underneath their their faces to explain, you know, to sort of give them all names. Yep. Uh, which was a nice touch and then Barr shows up with the new newbies and it's like hey it's time to go and then this is when the evil star labs doctor has a bunch of monsters shot at portals uh, yep. so basically the plan is, is they've got sideways because they want sideways to take them to this other you know this other dimension to guitarist yeah and they need him for that Barr goes in does some super speed stuff to find out where they need to go they all go off and get connor they get connor who's in a bit of pretty bad place because the, the bad guy who's there in Skataris has got a kryptonite sword, uh, and that's what we see yep. uh, during those and, pages. Yeah, because he was given kryptonite from the Doctor at Star Labs. Yeah. Um, uh, and so he's he's not doing so well. Um, Do you know, it's funny that saying all this stuff out loud like this uh, sounds quite messy, but I actually want to make it very clear here that the issue actually does a great job of juggling all it, like 55 characters that it's dealing yeah. with. 
<laughs> it flows really well. And also, I got to say, my favorite part is where Xan and Jaina jump in. Jaina turns into, they do the Wonder Twins, form of, she goes, form of whatever we're fighting. So she turns into one of the monsters. Mm-hmm. And and Xan turns into a form of a hurricane of hard water to power up my new friend. Who then, Aqualad, uses Xan as a weapon to fight them. And I'm like, all right, uh, Bendis, it, it, you guys are doing great. Like, whosoever, <laughs> whosoever idea that was, you know, Bendis gets too busy and, and hands it off uh, to, to David Walker. I'm fine with that. Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, the book ends with, uh, like, you know, Dr. Glory tries to skedaddle because she's in, the, cause she's in the control room kind of, like, watching all yep. this and trying to, like, hope that they get beat. Uh, and she tries to skedaddle and does that thing where, like, half the team are, like, standing behind her. And it's like, oh, shit. Uh, but she offers them something so they won't like, just lock her up. Uh, she says, hey, I can tell you what really happened to young Justice and why none of you remember it. Uh, so, presumably, we're going to get some Bendis kind of, like, mess, you know, sort of explaining the continuity a little bit next issue, which should be which, fun. you know what I realized just now, too, is that this is what we wanted for Wally, right? Mm-hmm. When Wally showed up, how come nobody remembers him? How is it different? And they always just skip past it. But here... Bendis is like, no, first I'm going to tell the multiverse story, and then I'll get to why nobody remembers Young Justice. And I've been happy with this entire ride. Um, another piece I want to bring up is when they get into the to Star Labs, Impulse goes forward, mm-hmm. and you see him. It's a really fun layout, of, of and it makes a, a spiral yeah. of him going through Star Labs to find out where exactly Connor is, so then he could go sideways in... Um, and um, Wonder Girl and, to, and to be specific, what he actually does when he finds Dr. Glory is he speeds in and uses her laptop and super speed when she's like just turned away yep. for a second and then speeds back out. Yeah, uh, It's good stuff. Uh, a, lot, a lot of fun that that layout was. Um, and then, yeah, and then you get, uh, you get Cassie attacking Warlord, thinking that he has something to do with, with hurting Connor, which, you know, I, I like that thing. Um, and then Warlord, you know, after they, they leave... Him wondering if he helped. He hoped he helped that kid. Yeah, you know? and then he has a little a little joke line here where he says, uh, "Oh, I forgot to ask him how the shield ended," which was a yeah. nice little uh, thing because I love that show. Uh, and it maybe yeah. gives you it gives you an idea as well as how long he's been in here because that show ended. Yeah. I want to say about twenty ten, maybe even a little bit before yeah. that. Yeah, uh, some of that. So yeah, that's pretty nifty. Well, that was good, but yeah, so. Um, a lot of, a lot of fun, young, fun, fun, young justice stuff. I'm, I'm surprised it's taking you this long to, to, for, for Steph camping on, on Drake's outfit. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, she says, uh, well, I think it was, it was kind of nullified a little bit for me because like it was a previous page where Steph says this plan's dumb and then she says, unless it was Robin's and I'm like, no, no, don't, don't have her grovel to Robin. How dare you? Stephanie Brown is more important than Tim Drake and I will, I will stand by this. Repeatedly. I won't go that far. I will give them equal importance because I love them both. I don't like when they characterize her as a love-struck teen. Yeah. I, because okay. she's more than that. On sheer importance, Tim Drake. In terms of your preferred favorite, that's yeah, that's up to you. But you cannot say imp- she is more important than Tim Drake. Hey, Tim Drake basically got wiped out from continuity and it didn't affect that thing. It's fine. Yeah, so does Stephanie Brown for forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you really want to go there? <laughs> Come on. 
No, but what I mean is, is we still got Damien afterwards. It's like, uh, do they even know what to call him? It's like, oh, I guess he's still Red Robin. Oh, what do we do with him? Stephanie! People were crying out for Stephanie. I'm sorry. They Tim were Drake crying out for the first one to have a solo Robin book. Yeah. That ran for God knows how many which, issues. Which makes... Right. And he is de facto the best Robin. Like, because he was defined... Like, I don't ever say that... that that Dick or or Jason, I mean Jason a little bit because he died as Robin, but like when I think of Dick Grayson, I think Nightwing. I don't think Robin, you know. So yeah, come on, Pete, we get it. But but, but still, well, you can you can prefer Stephanie Brown. I'm not telling you not to, not to yeah. do that. But to say she's more important than Tim Drake is just is just a lie. More important than Tim Drake. She's more important. Also, can, that said, I've always hated her spoiler costume. Um, I don't like the hood mask thing where you see her eyes that are also very expressive. Like it's like, is it just super dark under there? Is it a mask? Like, yeah. I mean, that's what's it. going on? I did, I did like the rest of her dialogue though. As much as I'm groaning yeah. that she she was like, oh, this is Robin's idea. In which case, I support it. Yeah. Uh, I like the rest of her dialogue though. Uh, I was. Yeah. I all felt really on um, point. Felt like Steph. But, but her calling him out for the she's like the uniform. That that's a no. Yeah. Like what she, do you? What do you? She's doing? not even heard the name yet. She's not heard that he's calling no. himself Drake. Right. <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Actually, this is enough time after the start, the reveal of that outfit that I almost feel like this was uh, Bendis being cheeky because he because by the time he wrote this issue, the reaction to the costume was out. Oh, I'm almost certain this is only because yeah. of that reaction. Yeah. So maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll change now because Steph doesn't like it, and that'll convince Tim to come up with something better, you know. And kayfabe as it were. Uh, when the real reason is just we all hate it, so he has to change it <laughs> because it's terrible. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, no, I had a bit of fun, bunch of fun. I, I think uh, Young Justice is a book that you know has always had to juggle a lot of characters, and sometimes it's just faulted a little bit under that weight. Uh, but this issue did it massively, even though it added on like four new characters on top of the the forty that it already had. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously I'm exaggerating a bit, but there's a lot of characters. Matt, what are you giving the book? I'm giving this an eight point five. I really enjoyed it. Like you said, it seems like it should have been chaos. There's too many people. That said, Bendis wrote X Men for forever, so he kind of knows how to juggle characters. Uh, plus, he did Avengers, so um, shouldn't be surprised that it's not a mess. But mm. and then even even the Oming art, who I'm not a huge fan of. I thought here it really came outside of the first couple. Like, why do we have Oming drawing sideways on North Gotham? Like, yeah, well, I, think, I think it was the spoiler but, pages. Which the funny thing yeah. is, is, I actually think Spoiler herself looked good in his art. It, it, the cartooniness yeah. of it actually helped the the design of the costume. Yeah. I thought and the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but so yeah, it's but you yeah, know eight point five. Yeah, so yeah, they are kind of being oddly divvied between them when it was otherwise, you know fairly set like oh, on this planet is this art on the regular earth is this art but uh, but aside from that weird bit of confusing uh, confusion rather uh yeah i like this show a lot too so i am going to agree with the 8.5 uh so uh there we go so i'll take us on then to hawkman issue 22 so connor who only read like two books this week can uh come back and talk about a book again <laughs> yeah i'll let i'll let connor even though i really love this issue because connor's been so quiet i'm gonna let him take the lead on this one it's been so peaceful so uh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Connor tried to speak there and no sound came out. That was perfect. After everything we just said. Beautiful. 
The universe will never change. Yeah. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, okay, you're you back go. now. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> the audio people will, will just get us laughing, but the video people got a good chuckle out of that, I have to imagine. So, yeah. good stuff. Oh, my sound thing is screwed, apparently. Okay. Uh, no, this is uh, this is the Hulk woman issue, essentially. Uh, it, it pretty much follows, uh, mostly from her point of view, um, she touches the, the artifact that, that they mm -hmm. you know, rescued from the planet. And gets, you know, a big double page splash of all of it. Well, a lot of her previous lives. So and I might have spent five to ten minutes studying this page to look for my favorite hawk women. Like, that's like, fair. I, I really like the gunslinger with the hat. She's, ah, I, so I think she is. The plague doctor archer one's kind of cool. It is. Um, There's one at the bottom left as well, um, in the the flowing robe with the daggers. Uh, it's kind yeah. of Egyptian-y, but um, I don't yeah, think that yeah, is the not, Egyptian one. No, not not her. I forget her name in the Egyptian. I remember he's Khufu. Oh, my name. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's the Egyptian one. I'm sure that was somewhere else, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, um, but then I found my favorite one, and it's definitely the Kryptonian. Where's well, uh, Kryptonian? Dead center. Oh, oh, I see it. Yep, yep. Is, uh, is that like an Amazon one hiding behind her? Just on the um, right, in small on the... Yeah. Back one's meant to be the Rainian. I think it is. It looks it looks like it to me. She looks like the Rocketeer. Yeah, she, she the, does. The, the leather jacket, the, the helmet, uh, and then you got the more classic uh, of them. Um, you have the gold one, who I don't, I don't recognize, but you have her as the, the Thanagarian cop with the metal wings. But no, uh, definitely the gunslinger one. Um, you also, if you notice the right next to her, as she's on her knees, right, freaking out over this. Yeah. There's the one that we saw in the the short story on the planet where they kept. Oh, is that what that one was? Yeah, like okay. the, the heavy infantry one. So, um, yeah, I I love this book. Um, <laughs> just I'm the sure. fact, not just this, right? But when she comes out of this, and Sky Tyrant's like, "Oh wow, that went a lot quicker for you." For Carter, he had to do this. Much. Yeah, he had to do this whole thing where you know a giant stone ape tried to crush him. Then he slipped a whole mess of slipping through his past lives just to find out he's a hero reincarnating across time and space. Yeah, some let down, huh? Yeah. And I just was like, "Oh man, Venditti's having so much fun." And you've got you know, her being like Carter knows, and he never told me. And you've got yeah. Carter, the, the ghost of Carter inside Sky Tower's yeah. body being like, "No, no, I, I rolled on. I was about to. Tell, I was going to tell you. I just haven't seen you yet." Yeah. And obviously she can't hear any of this. And, and, right. And Sky Tower's like, "Oh, he knew. He he was just having fun not telling you, basically." Yeah. Oh man. So and this is like again. I, every time we bring this up, and I can never remember. Is this the one that was in Justice League of the Thanagar Prime? Or, or do we have different? Because reincarnating across time and space, right? As as Interstellar has taught us, <laughs> relativity and all that, they could be concurrent, right? Like, we could yeah. have the Hawk World version, which is this one. We could have the Thanagar Prime one. Yep. And yep. we have Hot Girl running around who I'm... That was always my one hang-up, though. Is her being reincarnated into Hot Girl yet still being around? I like that they're distancing Hot Girl from the Hawkman Hawk Woman. Yeah, combo. It, like, it reminds me of going back to like the early stuff in John's GSA when she was just like related, 
Yeah. Um, obviously, later it was like, oh, she's a reincarnation. But right. The idea of her being a relation yeah. but not an, an incarnation kind right. of worked for me. So just the whole time is based stuff, and then her, her being like, well, this is, you know. So if there was one of you, there must have been one of me. Yeah, in the uh, oh. Earth 3. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, you were sick and depraved. It was great. Oh, God, I loved you. Like, I was getting – have you seen Natural Born Killers? Because I know you're not a Tarantino guy. No. And it, okay. but he So he wrote that. That's why I say that. Like, I know that's an Oliver Stone movie. But I got Natural Born Killer vibes. When he says that, like, I, I read it in the Woody Harrelson character. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah okay. I, I can hear it. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. And he, he's like, um, you know, Sinking Cruise Ships was your favorite. Yeah. Like, oh, like, so good. Shoot. But yeah, so and then you got Carter sticking that like basically fighting so hard that it ends up making a difference. Like he throws Sky Tire into the wall. Um, yeah. And and the way he lands on his face, yeah. smashing through the, the the floor a little bit, and then like, uh-huh. his neck bending looks so uncomfortable. Yep. And so she she goes in to let him out. Um and I thought she's done for because she she has her mace trying to get to Carter, and then his his barbarian mace yeah. comes and floats straight at her. Oh man! But you know it's Hawkwoman, who she's good. Then, she's got this. She's like, then, wait, come on, a thousand lives, and that's the best ambush you can do. Yeah, he's Venditti's doing a good job of making me like like Shayera. Like yeah. it's not that hard. She's already redheaded. Like come on, but <laughs> it's, it's true. This version of her that's like the sassy sticks up for herself, like, you know, leader of, of, of Thanagar, if you will. Like, it's real good. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> what are you going to do, shoot me? Uh, and, and then the the metals hit, and, and it causes an explosion that affects the ship. Yeah, it blows, um, out, which, uh, blows out Breach, and right? uh, she's trying to grab on, and he gets sucked out, I think, and then comes back in. Yeah, um... Because yeah, because Strange and the, so the Adams run in, and and yeah, he gets pulled out. So we th- no, he doesn't get pulled out. No, he, we think he does. Right, and then he shows up and attacks Adam, um, yeah. the Adam, before Strange fires at him, hits him with the thing, and then he attacks Adam Strange, um, and kind of leaves them all on the floor, not yeah. looking so hot. Right, and he's he's in full full mode, and then. As he's preoccupied with them, she grabs the artifact and says, "You'll have this over my dead body." Yeah. Um, and he's and she's like, like, yeah, I, I missed you. Do you want to know what happened? Yeah. I killed you in your sleep because you were the only yeah. person I ever feared. Uh, oh, yep. so and good. Carter fights and grabs the mace as the ghost. Yep. You know, we, we've got this tussle that, from her point of view, just must look like him swinging wildly and it's, not knowing quite it, what's going on. It's Jim Carrey in Liar Liar or Ed Norton in Fight Club. That's how yeah. I'm this. Yeah. You know? But then they, they both reach. So Carter, of course, is preventing him from attacking Shira. And um, they say, both reach both. out. It's all three of them. Well, all three of them, yeah. Um, but they touch the artifact at the same time and they disappear. And that leaves yeah. Adam Strange and the Adam to wonder where they went. And. Um, next one's called Beyond the Void, and I know from reading the the uh, solicits, a a new villain enters. Okay. Into this, into this whole void thing that goes back to the first arc. So 
Oh, all right. I'm yeah. Oh, man, this book is so good. Like this it is, is. This has become low key like one it, of my favorite books. Right it now. might be my favorite book DC puts out. Um, it, it's. It might be my favorite ongoing. I'm not willing to put it necessarily above some of the minis that's, and and that's what I mean. like long, like, But in terms of, of the ongoing the, things, the mainstream superhero stuff, like it's. I look forward to it every every month. It's a book and, that I always kind of forget when I'm thinking about mm-hmm. great books that are there right now. When I'm oh, I'm excited to read this. I'm excited to read that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, obviously, Strange Adventures and yep. you know, your, your big things like that. And then every time this comes out, and I start the first thing I read this week, so I was like, "Oh, this is here. I need to read this because it's so good." Yeah, and I just I feel like Hawkman should be in my top five heroes, and I think Venditti's pushing him there just because he's an archaeologist that goes on globe trotting adventures, but he also swings a mace like a barbarian. Like, doesn't yeah. get more me than yeah. that. And, and so. literally, the, the only things we can really complain about are the 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 hawk woman hawk girls because we know this is the, yeah. the thanagarian one right we, we know that it even tells us in the caption boxes when right. they're introducing the characters also just right. on that i appreciate the hell out of them even even in this issue we're at literally the last issue of the arc going the atom and you know adam strange and hawk woman and just having a little box of who they all are just in case yeah, yeah. it's it's again it this and batman and the outsiders feel like throwbacks to when I got into comics and I got excited to read them because it didn't like, I know this is connected to the year the villain stuff because of Sky Tyrant. However, with the story that Vanity has told, it's made it so it doesn't matter that this will stand the test of time. If you read this in five years time and don't want to read everything that's going on in the DC universe. Yeah. Well, he got possessed by an evil version of himself that took control. That was lying dormant. Right. Yeah. So, and then, so this is taking place in its own little thing, and it feels like I can just read this and be fine. And I feel the same with Batman and the Outsiders, where, you know, as much as I love interconnectedness, and it feels nice when it, Sometimes it's, not. it's nice to have a separate book as well. Yeah, but and it's just... There's a difference as well between having, like, a book that is out of continuity and separate, um, which has its own appeal, of course. Um, right. But as opposed to this, where it's it's a long form, you know, with twenty odd issues in, mm-hmm. going for the foreseeable future, yep. and is part of that large universe. It fits within the larger tapestry, but right. you don't have to be reading anything else at all. No, no, and it and it plays with the the not the origin, but like the the complete Hawkman character. Like we've had the Shade show up, right? And we've now we've had uh, Adam Strange and the Adam and Hot Girl or Hawkwoman. Maybe yeah. we'll end up with Hot Girl at some point. I, mean, I, Maybe, I don't know what's going on with that. And we're playing with all the lives. and Right. Because I know, yeah. uh, I think the solicit that we just got for Hawkman, mm-hmm. I feel like that was like another diary-esque issue. I don't know if it yeah. was a diary issue, but it I felt think, like that. I think so, but, uh, you know, the, the one that came out this week, the solicit, definitely leans into, you know, the 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 Qatar Deathbringer side of things. Yeah. But again, he's just telling his own story using all the elements of Hawkman. It's like the ultimate Hawkman story, I guess. And I really thought only Johns could do that. And this is pushing it into oh, as good as the the John stuff is. I think this is better. Yeah, I think it, it, it's it's weird because obviously that first twelve issue story, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. is this is the the Hawkman story that ties it all together. It's the the Hawkman origin again, which how many mm-hmm. times have we seen that? And it was still great. It's it's probably the definitive version of that. And yeah. it, it 
encompasses any version you want to ever tell with Hawkman. Right. And any version you ever want to tell in the future as well. Like, it, it works mm-hmm. for all of them. So it's really smart in that sense. Um, but the fact that it's gone on beyond that and is doing all this extra stuff that's really solid storytelling in its own right uh, mm-hmm. is, is what kind of puts this book into the next tier. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so uh, ratings. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go. I'll jump in with a nine. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I wasn't so 8.5, but I guess I'll go with a nine as well to you, Nash you, Connor. You don't have to. You can give it the 8.5. No, if you no. Want. I, don't, I don't want it to sound like you liked it more than me. <laughs> so, like, it's I'm really sorry. good. I really enjoyed this book. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay. I'm sorry. I was reading the list of uh, no budget horror movies. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on to uh, the terrific century 26 which for some reason me and matt are both reading again <laughs> yeah what the hell happened there um the the uh choose your own made me miss uh uh yang as, as a writer and this just reinforced that because the stories that he tells are just damn enjoyable um and okay. and this yeah this edged closer back to Fantastic Four, I think, mm-hmm. than like the Bizarro stuff, the Choose Your Own Adventure. Um, yeah, so so go ahead, Pete. Yeah, so uh, Jean Ling Yang writing Sergio Davila on the art. This is uh, basically Simon Stagg has uh, got cancer and yep. he makes some sort of deal with a devil, a demon, or something akin. And yeah. there's this big opening. The Stag Industries and Terrific, whatever Terrific's company is called now. <laughs> Terrific Tech. Thank you. They've uh, they've developed this super quick, ultra clean energy version of uh, public transport. This sort of monorail. These are little pods that go on a monorail around the city. Uh, yeah. They're super excited about it. They, they they reveal all this. There's a lot of banter between the various characters, as you'd expect between the Terrifics. And something goes wrong though when uh, Simon Stag and Notably, uh, Plastic Man's son, who's like his intern, is his Simon Stag's intern now, because he wants to do his own thing and be on his own. Uh, and Plastic Man's also freaking out because Linya called him cute uh, earlier. Uh, but yeah. basically, Which I always forget she's still a teenager. Oh so yeah. Of course, she thinks Plastic Man's son's cute. But when the pod comes back in, it kind of crashes, and when they investigate it, thinking, "Oh no, what's happened? Something's wrong." Uh, no one's on board. Uh, they've all disappeared. So the issue is them going to investigate what's exactly has happened. They're looking at security footage, uh, or, or not even security. They, they go into. They've got like a. They go into like the matrix of like yeah. the 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 works of the the system. Uh, because yep. Terrific's built a thing so they can do that. And uh, Stag's like android security robot is in there. He's He's been messing with things. So Stag mm-hmm. is behind this, but the reason why he's behind yep. it is because he, he's made this deal with this devil, and there wasn't really supposed to be anyone else there. They're just kind of collateral, so we'll find out what actually happened yep. to them later. <laughs> you know, It's hinted at that it's not good. Yeah, it doesn't um, sound good. Yeah. But... He's making some deal to be immortal, uh, to be like one of these demons, uh, and that's kind of the gist of the, the story. So how, how did you make make of this? No, I, I liked it a lot. It's So the stuff with Stag and Metamorpho and, and all that, I it's a lot of what this has weirdly been based on from the beginning, right? Because it almost seemed like Metamorpho's job is to, to spite Simon Stag. Uh, and so the fact, like, here now... They're like, well, we we need to be empathetic to him because they find out that he has cancer and whatnot. But then he just sold out an entire monorail full of people 
right? They weren't supposed to be there, but still mm. got affected by this. Yeah, because um, Sapphire gets pissed at, uh, at Metamorpho. Metamorpho, yeah. Yeah, which I, I love that Linya calls him Rexamorpho. And that's such a fun... Yeah, that's a nice touch. Fun little nice touch. I actually, thing. I love the art. This is pretty good, actually. I'm not really mm-hmm. familiar with the villa. Uh, I think it's a very clean style. Yeah. Uh, you know, it reminds me of like someone like uh, it's like a little Ivan Reese, a little bit of Segovia. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a combination of those styles. It's, it's very comic booky, like yeah. superheroy, and that's what I, I prefer. That because there's a big two page spread like uh, when the when the pod leaves and the monorail. There's a big two page spread mm-hmm. of it going and. Uh, the terrific at the bottom and it's their own separate little panel kind of talking about how they who, how they built it but it's just this great big two-page spread of the train going around whooshing around and there's like birds yeah. in the air in the city it's just a really nice panel uh yeah. really good stuff well and i love that each one of them helped make this work for mm. gateway city and you know mr terrific designed it and the the hard constructs come from linia and her fan of hours and you know um i forget what plasma man did, did to do it but metamorpho helped in the design as well, based off of him, you know, yeah, the he, energy he, that he created. He did testing on both of their different types mm-hmm. of materials uh, to, yeah. uh, you know, create whatever this yeah. ended up being. I just remember that the clean energy source comes from something that Metamorpho helped design, which I liked. So, um, but yeah, so so Stag's up to no good in everything in this book where, where if I was kind of on the, like, yeah, maybe I don't need to read this, maybe I'll let them build up all went out when I got to the last page because throughout sure. we had seen there's this other group that's paying attention to the Terrifics. Yeah, um, and you could tell that one of them was Tom Strong. You could kind of make him out. Uh, which but, makes sense but, based yeah, off of the earlier issues. They fight you know? the android. Uh, uh, Plastic Man and Rex are able to sort of destroy it uh, and mm-hmm. they look at security camera footage and how everyone disappears and they basically go hunting for Stag. There's basically, much like the, the city inside the tree last issue, uh, the, the, the Plastic Man becomes a big drill. He reminds me of like uh, the drills from Total Recall. Uh, so mm-hmm. the, 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 he gives them all a seat, and he drills through into this like this like inner cave. They find yeah. Stag. All these monsters attack them that are with you know the, the Stag was aligning with, and yeah. the cavalry shows up. The T Council, as we find out, they're called, and it's Tom Oof. Strong, uh, Blue Beetle, the Atom. Uh, uh-huh. Is that Man Bat? <laughs> It looks like Man Bat wearing a Terrifics belt buckle. Yeah, Man Bat's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then two other people behind them that I don't recognize. Um, but one of them is is Tom Strong's daughter, right? That was that's the one, in the purple top, yeah. And the purple, yeah. Then there's a girl with pink hair and a guy in like a suit uh, behind Man Bat. It looks like they're riding Man Bat. It, it looks like they're two scientists who are riding down with Man Bat. Yeah. So, uh, the pink hair seems familiar, but I don't know if that's because it's pink, so it's standing out, or if it's because it's Wait, actually is that, someone. Is that Dr. Veritas? Does she have pink or red hair? Oh, it could be Veritas. Right? It could be. Um, yeah. She'd fit. So, yeah, I got to that last page, and I was like, this is why I like this book, is, is stuff like this, where I wasn't expecting Man Bat to show up, but Yang's like, you know what? He's a scientist. He's going to be on the tea council. Um, yeah. And I just, I feel that with, with and I'm going to put this on Tynan because he put him in, in a different form in Justice League Dark. And now we're getting a Man Bat Mini. It's like, Man Bat's having his, his year this year. Yeah, Man Bat's uh, yeah, getting, some, getting some attention. Uh, yeah. So we have tea council, which is like a subdivision uh, of Terrifics. We have Terrifics, then we have the tea council. This is almost like when the F- F- uh, Fantastic Four had the FF, the, the foundation. Yep. And that was a separate book. I'm not saying we're going to get a tea council book, but you almost no. could. You almost could do it if you wanted to. I would read it. Just of course based you off would. of this lineup, 
Well, if, if Yang's writing it, right, I trust him. If it's someone like Hickman, I'm going to stay away. <laughs> like, as much as I like Hawks and Pox, I'm, I'm, Jared's explaining to me what's going on in X-Men right now, and it's just too much. It's, it's very Hickman. I, I, most um, people don't seem to like it. Even people who like Hawks yeah. and Pox don't seem to like what's going on in X-Men right now. Yep. So. Uh, but anyway, no, I I enjoyed this issue, and I thought, unlike some of the... When I tried to catch up a little bit, I ended up skipping it uh, with the Bizarro yeah. stuff. You know, it, like, things felt a bit messy. This issue felt super neat to me and uh, confident and uh, went in really well. Flowed, flowed, yeah. flowed I mean, smoothly. Just just the, the stag storyline and tossing man turning into the drill and drilling into the middle of the earth, it started to feel like that silver AG Fantastic Four again. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Bizarro stuff definitely did not. Like it, it felt silver AG, but in a different way. Um, so, yeah, no, th- this book's a lot of fun. I, um, and yeah. again, the Tea Council, man bat, come cool, on. Yeah, it's cool stuff. I, I mean, Yang's, his one failing sometimes is he gets a little bit too wordy, and I didn't feel yeah. that in this issue. So that's, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's uh, Terrific's 26. What are you giving yeah. him, Matt? I'm gonna give this an eight. Yeah, I'm. Hmm. I'll go with seven point five. I, I I think it was really solid and good. Um, and I, I am I'm kind of like I was kind of before I read this one I was like oh am I really reading Terrifics again? Am this going to be a consistent thing? And I, squ- I squeezed it in because I because we everyone was kind of ready to go and said let me yeah. read Terrifics uh, then we can start. And I'm glad I did and I actually do want to keep reading it now. So there we go, Terrifics. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're, we're back on back on the board, baby. All right. Uh, so that takes us to the last new book of the week, which is Dollhouse Family issue five. Make Carrie writing with Peter Gross on the art. Um, not a lot of flashbacks in this actually, outside of one moment where they kind of recap who all the the, the family members are yeah. that are in the house. Uh, it's all present day stuff with Alice and her piecing together because obviously her daughter went last issue. That's how she got her leg back. Uh, which notably they did bring up again because freaking I, out. Remind you, yeah, yeah. that this I, is weird as shit. And I, and I love that, yeah. Her, her well, we'll call him his partner. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But he's like, your leg came back. What is going on? Like, you just can't tell me this is family drama. Like, your leg came back. So yeah, <laughs> um, this is the exposition dump, which I'm not complaining because we need it before the last, like. Um, a lot of the stuff happens here. I don't know unless unless you expand it to more issues. I don't know where else to put this because this is the armoring up before you take on the monster. Yeah, I think it's balanced really nicely though with the creepiness yeah. of her going through the house and stuff mm-hmm. like that and exploring. So I think there's enough to balance it that it doesn't feel like just an exposition dump. Of no, edition. but as as I'm reading it, like Pete said, there's not a lot of the flashbacks. There's not a lot of the the, the whole, I don't want to say mysticisms, that's not what it is, but like, the... the, the there's not, it's not furthering the mythology. No, no there's yeah. not a lot of the mythology stuff outside yeah. of her family history and who the people... And well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the one thing yeah. we get, is we, is we get yeah. uh, Cairdwell or whatever his name is. Like, oh, Cordwiner. Cordwiner, there you yeah. go. Uh, Why are you forgetting that? It's such a unique name. We get him kind of being sort of just by the house, and then we kind of get the, the four other members kind of one by one, who are very different. You know, the little girl is actually like an old woman who's on like, a, like an oxygen tank by the time she actually goes. Yeah, that's, that's her aunt that yeah. left the mom the dollhouse. And I was like, oh, man. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, like, it, makes, yeah. it makes that clear and, in the next the next page. It actually goes through like photos of each one as well. So it does this yep. thing where you get four of them and then the exact same layout in the next page, you get like the photos of the real people mm-hmm. uh, as she's kind of researching this. 
and they realized oh okay there's this house out here and she goes out there she gets arrested and this is probably my favorite stuff in the issue is her sort of searching through the house in the rain yeah uh, everything's kind of dark and spooky uh, she gets arrested though, and then like a lawyer shows up and says, "You idiot!" Actually, she calls me idiot. Uh, I don't hear that. I don't read that yeah, word in a, a comic a lot. That's a very Irish thing. Uh, uh, I feel like it's used in Scotland just as often, though. To be fair, I mean, it's probably just a comes from Gaelic stuff, then. Yeah, yeah, uh, common roots. Idiot is definitely something that's uh, it's it's one of those words where it's used a lot. But the first time I ever had to write it down, I'm like, wait, how do you spell this? Because yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a weird one for sure. Yeah, because yeah, like, the is, is and, an and... I is it two e's. Is is it just E J and a bunch of other E's? You yeah, know what I mean, like, like, I think there... the way it's spelled here is how I've always yeah. written it. Yeah, that's how you've all, how often do you have to write Egypt? I mean, you know what? On. I will say I have seen Stu. You know, uh, back yeah. before I really got to know him, he called me an Egypt a lot. So yeah, it comes up, and and the the other word that really stuck out to me is something that is. Again, very Irish and probably Scottish as well. Uh, I feel like uh, gobshite. Oh yeah, gobshite is pretty yeah. Scottish too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that was in Ireland. That, yeah, that, that, that feels true. That said, I, I would say that leans more towards Ireland though, because I, when I hear it in my head, I'm like, I'm, I'm sort of getting an Irish accent. Yeah. Yeah, gobshite. Okay, I can do an Irish accent. But yeah, uh, but so, um, out of linguistics to, to <laughs> but you know, I don't mind talking, but I know nothing about. <laughs> kick bishop so. brennan up the arse that's that's, that's why my trigger phrases sure. for for ireland you have to you have to do some follow ted lines all right um yeah so she gets she gets thrown in which we're seeing like these ghostly flashbacks which i could see if this was like a tv show i could see exactly how these are, are playing out like almost conjuring style or or insidious style mm-hmm. um throughout the house and then the, the cop arrests her and then she come to find out that no that that's her house that was her her aunt's house um that's been left to the family but since and there's a there's a actually this, i'll tell you what one of my worries of this issue was yeah. is she gets to a lot box right and she goes to this lot box yeah. and in the bank a safety deposit box and she finds like this old case and there's like an old timey gun in there right. it's been there since the 18 you know 1800s and right. there's a diary and she starts reading it and there's a couple of narration boxes in this font and I'm like, oh my god, this b- I don't want to read pages of this. And luckily, yeah. luckily, no. it was gone immediately. The very next I, page, no. it was gone. I also really appreciate that because I was worried because there's a, a panel at the top that's just, uh, you know, says it's his journal. Yeah. Then you've got right. a big panel with a bunch of text, but you're not intended to read all of that anyway no. because it's cutting off sentences. I, I tried. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did as well. And then I, I was yeah. like, no, this isn't going to work. It's fine. I, no. I'm just getting the impression. And then you yep. have two more narration boxes of it, and then that's it. Yeah, um, but I was really worried for a second. But now I liked her sort of like getting some liquid courage to go back and face the house, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of what she does. And because the first time she's going through it before before the cop interrupts her, she uh, is basically seeing like scenarios play out the ghost walking around essentially. She's like yep. seeing a replay of what's happening. And the end of it is we find out what that fetus became. <laughs> they tried to put in the furnace yep. and it basically grows into the dollhouse the dollhouse is like made of blood and flesh and placenta and looks that all is a disgusting hell of an image isn't it which yeah. yeah which which when you think about it makes sense does it, it is part... <laughs> no 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 that it is part... yeah, yeah hold on i'm with you on this one <laughs> does it it makes sense in that that it's actually a part of this demon's lineage whatever was in the cave Right, that cord or that the the Joseph Kent came back with. 
mm-hmm. that then he impregnated his wife, right? So this is part of that family curse. And this goes in to the overall theme of, of the dollhouse family in, in the trauma passed down through the family, right? Because ever since Joseph came back from that cave, it's been terrible for this family, right? All the way down to, to our main character here. Um, and, and her, you know, the, the hammer and the mom and all of that stuff. So the fact that this came, the dollhouse was born at the same time as the family curse. I just think, you know, and they come from the same thing. That was pretty I cool. I still wasn't expecting it to be the placenta. <laughs> no, me neither. I wasn't expecting that, but when you when I think back, it literally grows out. out of it. It like grows out of the yeah. placenta into this bloody looking house, and he's and Matt's like, "Oh, when you think about it, it makes sense." It does. I'm gonna stand by my sentence. Makes more sense than the talking cat. <laughs> I asked the final moment as the cat starts talking and says, "What does what does the cat say?" Uh, um, she says, "You know, why would why would anyone make a dollhouse oh, yeah, out of yes. messing placenta?" And it says, uh, you might do it if you were trying to be born. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, the next issue is the last one. We'll see what the, what the answers are and, like, how she gets her daughter back, which, yeah. Hopefully, it is a horror it's story. A horror back. stories <laughs> yeah. usually don't have, you know. Um, but she, here's the thing. If it's all about the family bloodline and, and, and the dollhouse needs that family to exist inside of it, right? She, she, already has the daughter unless that's enough now that's what i'm saying what if it's enough and this is all for nothing you know yeah still and i also i hope she finds that cave she goes to kill the demon and wakes up the gigantic creature i i want to know about the celestial being yep i i I I feel like we're we're not gonna get the answer though connor oh no uh if if not then i feel like there's, there's more stories to be told here. I, yeah. I, I like this issue much more than the last one, because uh, the last one, you know, I, I wasn't keen the actual monstery stuff and the flashbacks. This one, it felt like it was treating them more like a mystery. I liked her sneaking about. Uh, I liked the answer to what the, the, the placenta became, because <laughs> it was so batshit insane. Uh, and regardless of what Matt uh, thinks of being, oh, well, clearly it was plain as day. It was obvious. It was in her face the entire time. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you think back of it and think about the family history, of of course it comes from the same thing. Like, it wasn't just a dollhouse that got bewitched. Like, it's a part of this demon, whatever it is. I keep saying demon because I have lack of a better yeah. phrase Demon works, I think, for now. Yeah. Demon, Satan, Celestial, whatever we're calling it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm, oh, obviously, God. I'm looking forward to the final issue, seeing what happens. I think that we've given, we haven't, we've spent our entire life with Alice, so we actually do care a little bit about her daughter like, yeah. being saved, which is nice. We care yeah. about her, you know, because she's basically been like infected with this evil since she was a kid, and it'd be nice for her to get right. a win. So you kind of root right, for and her. It's, and if you look at the family history, it's this evil that's been in all of them. Like Cordwainer, like he had a family, but he didn't care because he was always tinkering, right? So it turned him into a. a, a a lonely old man and that's why he joined the dollhouse right and then each one of them you know one of them was addicted to opium and then the other one you know she was at the end of her life and uh so when, so when they all went there it's because they were at their worst yet alice is the one that's been able to say no and and why is that and i like i like those questions there um and i, and I hope it doesn't disappoint like i hope some of those answers are there uh, at the end, and then she does have legitimately a magic bullet now. 
to to kill whatever it is. So we'll see. Yeah. So we're in it then. What are we giving it? Matt, we please fire on it. I'm gonna give us an eight. I'm handing out a lot of eights. Cool, Connor. Yeah, I'm feeling positive. Uh, eight point five. Uh, straight eight from me, I think as well. Uh, so that is Dollhouse Family issue five uh, so we have a couple of patreon books the, the reason for this is that uh, every month on patreon.com slash mailfuzz tv uh, some of our supporters can uh, make me or connor read a book at certain tiers uh, so i will let connor go first uh, with red to the outlaw 42 yep there you go yep 42 um obviously it's still lobdell on art uh, uh on writing sorry art was a little confusing because uh, yeah yeah, God help us. Um, the cover said Messina, so I was expecting Messina. Opened it up, and the credits page tells me it's uh, Paolo uh, Pantalina, uh, who I wasn't familiar with. What I will say is, I honestly thought for about half this issue that it was Rockefort, just not on the top of his game. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it, it looks exactly like what you expect from Rockefort, just not as strong. Um, it's not terrible, uh, but it is noticeably not Rockefeller at, at his A-game, but it is very mm-hmm. much that style, which is a bit frustrating. Uh, the issue's a bit all over the place. You've got some of the stuff with the the the, the Generation Next. Is that what they're called in this? Generation uh, Next. Generation Gen- Next. Generation Outlaw. There you go. Whatever, whatever <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, they're all at Marguns, and they're basically like, hey, Bizarro's all Was doing that- like... Was that a Space Girl song I was just singing? I think it's a Space Girl song. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, How do you go? Bizarro is all doing meditation. He's all zen now, um, apparently. And they're like, nah, this guy's evil as shit. Let's make him be evil. Uh, And then basically all it boils down to is they all end up sitting there meditating with him. Because because he's good at that now, apparently. I, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a running gag in this where someone says something and the other character goes deep. Yeah, like, oh yeah, that, that was real deep, man. And uh, there's one here with, with uh, Bizarro saying, you know, no, no one am monster. Um, and, and it's doomed just going deep. There's another one with uh, with Pup Pup earlier on, I think it was, with um, Margun. Yeah, go, oh yeah, Margun Toma Jason going, you know, I, I see him as I ever have, uh, a frightened little boy. And Pup Pup's like, oh, what could possibly scare him? It just says him, and she goes, "Oh, himself," and pop up there and deep, and it's oh, terrible. There's like one page with the uh, the big sister of the the the, the triplets or the, the trio in the uh, the iceberg lounge. I think she was called Big Sue's or something, but that might be just a peep show character, so I'm not going <laughs> to confidently say that anymore. <laughs> but uh, the, the big sister, anyway. Uh, who's kind of in charge and he's like oh yeah I'm, I'm making loads of money and it feels so out of place because it's just one page of her looking over the casino being like yeah bring all your chips who who knew i'd make more money being legit than ever, ever. And that's it that's the whole thing in this issue with her and i don't understand why it's here it's so pointless um but then the, the main bulk of the issue is uh, is jason and artemis artemis's hair is growing back really fast because she had a, a shaved head look, and and Jason's like, "What's going on with the the hair?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, it's enchanted, didn't you know?" <laughs> I mean, she is Amazonian, so who you know? And, and, and she's like, "He's like, what, what enchanted?" She's like, "Well, how do you think I manage a five foot ponytail in battle?" And, and she's like, "Like, fair enough, I guess." 
Yeah, yeah. She's, got a, she's got a whole thing with apples where she's like, oh my God, apples. They're amazing because she's been on, you know, Terrible Earth, wherever she's been. And she's like, I don't, I don't even want to eat it. It's so beautiful. And Jason's like, it's, it's meant to be eaten. It's fine. Uh, yeah. And, and, and they're, they're kind of walking and talking. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't really miss him. But Roy would have been thrilled to have you and Bizarro back. It was one of the last conversations we ever had. And she's just like, what the hell, Jason? Roy's dead. <laughs> like, way to bury the lead. <laughs> just kind of funny, you know, just not even telling him. Just like dropping it in casual. And then we have a Heroes in Crisis recap. Um, being like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, Wally was on trial for murder and all that. It sucks. And it just, was a whole thing. Just what you want when you're enjoying a good issue of Red to a nice recap of Heroes in Crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just, just what I wanted. And I was like, so, so why don't you take him revenge on this on, on this Wally West? And, and he's like, eh, it was an accident. I'm not going to kill someone over over something that was an accident. I went, and, and I'm there going, really? You, Jason Todd, aren't going to kill someone over an accident. Um, but then they have a what is supposed to be a nice moment where she hugs him and they stand in the sun. And it's all nice, whatever. Um, but they have, a, they have a big thing at the end where... I like so about what happened before we left when we kissed, and she's like, "Well, I thought I was gonna die, you know, can't be helped." Uh, and they go, "Well, we'll try it again and, and see how it is." And they, they kiss, and they're both like, "Nope, it's like kissing a brother." And and then and then there's the narration at the end going, "Oh well, we both lied, but oh well, it was fine for now." And I'm like, "Ugh." Um, the only other thing was when they're all be doing, you know, meditation and, and all chill with bizarro uh the uh the baby one the evil three-month-old baby i was actually a little bit confused because it, it, it's definitely doing something evil because it oh, it obviously usually talks in full senses but it, it does a bit of baby speech at one point yeah. and it touches bizarro's shoulder like it's putting something on there but then it pulls its hand back and it's got something in its hands like a little a little metal circle with some red in it and i don't remember that being on bizarro's shoulder before um i don't know what it is um, so I was actually really confused as to why this was here. Like, if it had done it the other way around, if it had been the panel of it holding something and then it touched Bizarro's shoulder, I'd be like, okay, sure, it's planting something on him. Um, as it was, I'm genuinely just confused as to what happened. I don't actually know. This this isn't even me complaining about the story. Maybe maybe this will make sense eventually. I'll understand it. But in terms of the art and the the sequential storytelling here, it just didn't make any sense to me. I don't understand what happened. I don't understand what the point was. Um, it's a real problem. Uh, oh, yeah, there's another random one-page cutaway at some point to uh, Times Square where, you know, this couple come out of a, a play or something and, uh, and they're walking along. Oh, yeah, oh, we got reservations somewhere and, and some, like, homeless-looking dude's like, oh, I, you know, I need... And they're like, oh, I don't have any changes. Like, oh, not money. I need salvation. Salvation for all of us. And that's it from that. So there's two completely different one-page cutaways that lead to absolutely nothing in this book, which is just infuriating. Why? Do it when it has context or do something more with them. Don't just have a whole page devoted to something completely irrelevant that has no context for anything. It doesn't set up anything seemingly. If you're going to tease something, have it in a sensible place. Like this tease, if this was at the very end of the book and this was like the, the last page tease, okay, sure. Um, but just this is just like two thirds through, and it, it it makes no sense. Uh, it's just I can't get my head around how stupid some of the decisions and the pacing are here in terms of these cutaways to various other things. The iceberg lounge one might even be worse because at least this here I understand it's setting up something. 
the Iceberg Lounge one is just like, oh, we'll check in with characters we haven't seen in an arc. I don't care. Um, yeah, art is, is not amazing. It's fine, it's serviceable. There are more than a handful of panels, especially featuring art on this, that I think are really not great. Um, odd proportions on a lips and a face and such. Um, but most of the time, it's okay. Um, it really wants to be Rocket Fort, though. Um, it's a shame. But yeah, I'll give it like a 3.5. All right. <laughs> 2.5, super, super exciting. Uh, so, my Patreon book this week is actually Midnighter Issue 1. This was a uh, talking Superman who put this forth uh, in an effort to show me that Steve Orlando isn't terrible. Uh, was, was... Oh, God. See, that's why I don't open myself up to this, because I know if I talk crap about a creator... Someone's gonna be like, "Oh no, you you need to read this one by said creator." But to be fair, though, to yeah. be fair, with talking Superman, though, I believe it comes from a good place where he wants to convince I know. me. Like it's, it's, not, it's, it's not, not not malicious. Yeah. like some of the other. Yo. No. Uh, yeah. I, I read this book when it launched, or I read the first like couple of issues, and it was. I remember it being fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So introduces to the gardener, who's the the the, the sort of the woman in the sort of. Space station, I guess I'll call it. Yeah, the God Garden, uh, and she's attacked. Uh, she's got all this fancy tech, but this assassin shows up to attack her, um, and she fights back the best she can, but ultimately can't, uh, you know, deal with it. Uh, and it cuts to Midnighter, who's on a date, uh, and out of nowhere, these uh, bad guys show up and try and like take over. Well, this is in Oakland, and they're kind of like terrorists. Uh, so it's, it's basically just there to serve as a big action sequence to really show off what you can do. Uh, and to show off that he predicts like all these different things because of the tech in his head, um, it's one of these things where the art, like the actual drawing quality, if you will, of the art, is fairly solid, right? Is is kind of how I was feeling, but I did think it, the layouts were a little bit overly complicated at times, or or not even. It's, I mean, sometimes they were overly complicated, but sometimes it was more just that the all of the stuff that was being put into the panels was overly complex to the point where it wasn't flowing as well as that I would enjoy. It's something that the Flash can suffer from sometimes when they just they go nuts on the lightning a bit too much and there's too much like debris flying around and things like that. I just didn't necessarily find the, the fight scene to be, you know, all that flowy, which admittedly isn't necessarily on Orlando, obviously, because uh, he's the writer, but... Um, you know, maybe just less to my taste, but you know, the, the entire opening scene here, well, that's not the opening scene, the opening scene was in the, the, the Gardener, but uh, this entire scene is here to sort of, be, you know, build up to the title moment, because at the end of it it says Midnighter, you know, Steve Orlando, writer, uh, ACO penciler, or ACO, I don't know how you say the, the artist's name, uh, I'm unfamiliar, but, uh, so this is, uh, yeah, basically the start of this, he goes to a bar, uh, it gets up some casual chat. It mentions Apollo that he was was with someone long term, isn't anymore. Kind of teases that stuff. I, I don't know how much did Benera appear much before this book. Was this like he's he's a Wildstorm character? So when they merged okay. everything. Yeah, yeah. So he I, was he was there. He was on Stormwatch. No. Yeah, yeah. It was the with, uh, with with Martian Manhunter. Okay, that makes some sense. Yeah, All right. yeah. He's on the Stormwatch thing, but before that in Wildstorm, he's their Batman. And Apollo's their Superman. So, um, yeah. So when they merged everything for New 52, I always thought it was a bit redundant that we have Batman and Midnighter. 
Like, they both seem, although this seems like they gave him a different type of mission with the gardener. Mm. That said, I'm not that familiar. All I know is there was a crossover with Nightwing or Grayson. Yeah, at and one they all point. Recognize, that's where they all recognize him by his butt. Yep. Yeah. So, so um, basically, like, he, he's in the bar and he kind of pisses off some of the locals by uh, taking their pill cue and just, pot, you know, potting all the balls uh, really easily and quickly. Uh to sort of show how he thinks. I think one of the things that the the book maybe suffers from is that because it wants to show you all the different lanes of thought that he has through the layouts, that sometimes I just find the layouts do not have too much of a flow to them. It's just kind of a mess of squares. Uh, that right, I, which I, I... Stream I, of consciousness, though, yeah, right? Like, I, Well, that's the idea, but I don't think it works very well right. in this book. No. Um, so he, he kind of leaves... Um, he ends up with the guy he was on a date with before. He's, he's sort of impressing him by taking him to like Moscow and like because he's got he's got because if you don't know about Midnight, he's got these fancy door portals that he can just create a door to Open go anywhere. Door. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he ends up there's kind of a a raunchy scene with him and this guy having sex, uh, and then a lot of the issues like the wake the morning after uh, waking up Midnight are not really wanting food and the, you know him kind of telling him too much about Apollo. He, he kind of like <laughs> he, he injects the guy with, without even warning him that he's going to do this he injects him with like a communicator so that if he wants to he can communicate midnight or any time and the guy's like you just gps me that's a bit creepy he's like no no it's one way i can't do anything with it it's just for you to contact me he's like this is a bit heavy this is a, maybe a bit in the uh the deep side after you know the morning after the first time we spent you know, spent the night together um but, but he ends up talking about apollo and how apollo was great and how apollo was the first person he was with and and all this stuff um it's funny because I, I, I like last book talking superman got me read a few months ago was a uh, legion lost legion lost right from uh mm-hmm. or no legion, legion of three worlds. worlds legion of three worlds legion lost was that horrible right. new 52 book uh yeah we don't yeah. talk about that yeah from the final crisis stuff and like like his mission was you know successful there where that was a great issue it made me want to read more i haven't yet but it made me want to um and it's something maybe we'll do him previously on at some point but uh, I don't know. This book, it kind of—it's not—it's ter- not a bad issue, right? It's not a bad issue at all. You know, because essentially from here he gets called up by the gardener. You know, this attack's happened, and the cliffhanger is basically like, okay. Uh, someone came in here, walked out with your past, and I, and I wasn't really sure what it was getting here. Like, I don't know if like does Minnear have like does it, does he not remember a lot of his past or something? Is that like part of his story? I don't. I don't honestly know. I remember yeah. I looked him up for that crossover, and that was about it. Yeah, the, the final beat here, I wasn't quite getting exactly what she meant by he's walked out of here with your past. Um, but he basically meant there's like, oh, I'm going to go after him then. So that's kind of your, your ending of the issue. But like the issue to me reminds me a lot of like some of those early Supergirl issues, or of uh, basically the Orlando where it's not the, the Orlando I hate. It's, it's not the GLE issues. It's not. Uh, that that final Supergirl issue that was just really frustrating. It's not that yeah. much of a of a mess, but I, I you know for me his dialogue just doesn't flow that well. It's it's not quite to the same level of you know Hickman where I really have a problem with how it flows, but it it, it definitely has something for me where I, I don't really feel it going from you know bubble to bubble, panel to panel. Uh, smoothly where I'm really into the conversations like there were several uh, bubbles in this where I, c- I kind of had to reread them to kind of get the the point of what the, the the bubble was and I was like wait I didn't take that in properly and I, I when I find myself doing that a lot with a, a book or a writer um like I find it hard to explain exactly what's wrong with it but just something about the flow of the dialogue just doesn't work for me 
Um, and I was kind of having that here as well. Um, as far as what it does, you know, as far as issue, you know, issue ones go, it gives you a big action scene to show what he's like in a fight. It kind of establishes more or less what his skill set is, his powers are. Um, it gives you some of his personal life and it kind of sets up that we're, they're really not going to shy away from, from his, you know, his romantic life because, I mean, if anything, the, the sex scenes may be a bit more uh, erotic than I was expecting in a mainline DC book. It, it feels mm-hmm. it feels like it's something that probably been a Black Label book now, uh, just this one page. Uh, yeah. With like, one of them on the table and they're both topless and, uh, and whatever, but, like... So that's all fine. Like, it sets up the personal life stuff, does the action stuff, and then sets up the ongoing plot, which is this mysterious figure who's attacked Gardner, who he's not in a really good place with. He's kind of pissed that he's been called up to her. Uh, you know, he mentions at one point, ah, oh, it's kind of my family. You don't get to pick your family, but, like, you know, they're still family kind of attitude. Uh, you know, like I say, the actual art in terms of like, the, the quality of the drawings is solid. I did find the action layouts to be a bit uh, overly clustered for my liking. Um, but... Uh, it all kind of boils down to me just not really having a feel for Orlando's dialogue and not really feeling a flow and really wanting to read more of his stuff. I feel I feel kind of a disconnect with his characters and nothing about this issue really made me like Midnighter any more than I did before. Uh, which was to say that I'm I'm, I'm I don't dislike Midnighter, yeah. but I'm 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 thoroughly neutral as far as Midnighter is concerned. I have no like or dislike, and I think if someone else, a writer whose voice I kind of connected with more, was writing them, I'd probably get into it more. Uh, as it is, I just find uh, I find him to be a little bit unlikable. He's got kind of a snarky attitude that doesn't really quite work for me. Um, and I don't think Orlando's dialogue is the right dialogue to make me kind of because because there's obviously other characters where they're kind of snarky, but they're kind of lovable through that anyway. Midnighter for me doesn't achieve that. Uh, so I think ultimately, if I'm going to rate this issue, I have to go with something like a six, which is to say that on a technical craft level, it's mostly pretty good. But it's just a full shot mm-hmm. for me. I, I just I couldn't get into it. So if this was to really test if I could ever like Orlando, if this is the best of what Orlando's offered, because um, there's definitely issues of a Supergirl that I like more than this, uh, for sure. But that's a kind of a cheat because I already care about that character. I'm already so invested in that character that there's kind of a yeah, weird... But the New 52... Or New 52... The, the Reaver stuff was so different from the New 52 because it, it re-established her, like, with the school stuff. Like, it it was Supergirl the teenager and I think Orlando had a real good voice for most of that stuff um whereas just like his Wonder Woman and some of the other stuff that we've read with him that we just it's just not there you know yeah so I think a big part of what it's boiling down to from what it sounds like to me is that uh this this just isn't approachable for a new reader whereas his Supergirl was and this, maybe if you're a big, you know, fan of Midnight or already, you get a lot out of this. I think, I think some people, I, I remember people praising this book when it came out, though. It's not, it's not like this is just Midnighter fans, if there, if even such a thing existed uh, beforehand. Like, I, f- I feel like for certain types of people, this character is connecting with them. Maybe it is because, because he does represent, you know, like, you know, he's a gay character, he's a gay superhero. Maybe that was, like, so... Like mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was like an oasis in a desert at the time that it, it really connected to people yeah. uh, over I mean, that. When, when you think about it, when this character is, I'm just pulling up his history because I wanted to know, like what you were wondering, like the the him not remembering things is that part of it? Uh, so he was created in '98, mm-hmm. right? And then so like a lot of that, like throwing a gay character in there around that time, and this was all Warren Ellis. That's pretty bold, right? And then you think about it, that 
however many years later, I think it still wasn't the norm. So yeah, so I definitely get what you're saying. Oh, for sure. I that said, I may just be like adding that in there because it's just an obvious thing to speculate. Part of me just wonders though, because I've heard people praise Orlando's writing in other ways. People who have liked his weird miniseries that he's had, and I think it just comes down to much like Hickman for me. I just don't like how he writes, and no no amount of convincing is ever going to change me of that. Yeah, I just I I read the first like three or four issues when this came out before I knew I didn't like Orlando. Obviously, Um, yeah. So I, I probably I, I probably hadn't read anything from Orlando before. To be honest, this might have been the first thing, um, and I, you know, I stuck with it, thinking, "Oh, it's okay. It's not terrible." Um, but it never gave me a reason to care, given that I didn't really know anything about Midnight. Right? You know, it, it, yeah. it didn't it didn't make me like the character in its own right. But, if if I didn't already. But you know, and I remember people being this. You know, I remember when it, like they did the miniseries after Rebirth, uh, Midnight and Apollo, and people sort of saying, "Oh, they were so excited for that because it was this continuation of this book that some people really loved." And people were excited for him to be on Wonder Woman. People were excited for Orlando to uh, do that weird six issue mini he did that I can't even remember the name of the one that he, he, he hijacked the last Supergirl issue to promote, uh, which was really the frustrating. Unexpected. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, the unexpected. And it was eight issues. Was it eight issues? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then of course he did GLA, which we we hate. Like we tried. Like Matt Matt and I dropped it, and then went back and caught up to read because we, we were excited for the arc that was coming up. And then we we read one issue of that arc that we'd caught up for, and went, "No, we still hate this. <laughs> we can't." Yeah, but then I can't do it. But then like Night of the Monster Man was a lot of fun, right? Um, yeah, I don't, but he and, was co-writing all that with everyone else. So yeah, yeah. Batman in the Shadow with Scott Snyder. Well, I, we, I think it's two. telling that his best issues of Supergirl were the ones that were co-written with Jody Hauser. Yeah. yeah. Which I assume usually means that he, because he was the primary, yeah. uh, he he had the, the, the plots yeah. and she was doing the actual dialogue and scripting. Which maybe says to me that you know, he's fine with plotting a story, it's just the actual right. dialogue and that, that was the finite or the, the, the minute uh, details that yeah. I just don't appreciate. I don't like it flows very well. And I felt the same way here. I just, I couldn't get into this issue. I had this sense of, it, and this is, this is such a, a easy thing to say. I don't want to say it almost, but it, it just, it feels, it reminds me so much of the New 52. Like where I just, I feel dis- detached from everything I'm reading. Yeah. Um, it feels like it wants to really be cool and it wants to be all these things and I just don't feel it. And which is fine when there's just a couple of books that feel that way because they're just not for me. But I remember this being how I feel like a lot of the bigger characters in New 52 felt this way to me. Um, it's mm-hmm. how I felt when I was reading Vendetti's Flash or his Green Lantern. <laughs> like, not to shit on Vendetti too much, but... <laughs> or it's how I felt when I was trying to read uh, Gene Ling Yang, who I like a lot now, but when I tried to read his Superman briefly, it was like, no, I don't like this at all. I, d- I don't like... Oh, see, anyways. I liked it a lot. I liked his Superman. He was doing like gods and you know having a having a wrestling promotion and whatnot. Oh, that was like, see, was I was like, I know I read this because I read like yeah. all of Superman in the New Fifty Two for whatever reason. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, what did he do? And I, yeah, I remember that being all right. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Like it wasn't like I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I'm super but that's, excited. Yeah, no, must read Superman. You got to hand someone. No, no but, but after having Lobdell and then the the kind of mediocre John stuff with Ulysses. I was perfectly fine with yeah. what Yang did. So I think um, Pax action stuff was definitely the best Superman stuff in that period. Oh yeah, Pax yeah. No, yeah, Pax is the best stuff. Everything that they did with Superman around the DCU time, and that's why OU. Uh, that, yeah. when they, all the Superman stuff there was just sort of full of compounding like Superman's just kind of broken for me right now and it's not until yeah. we got towards Rebirth where they started to well, fix it and that was Yeah. That was the, it. The two best things that, that had come out of the DCU were the Starfire 
series. Yep. That made me realize how much I enjoy that character. And then the Bizarro. So good. Uh, mini with, with I, him and Jimmy Olsen going through the country. Yeah, um, I liked the first few issues of the Black Canary book. It had a real style. Yeah, the and first then it, four. And then, and then it was like, yeah. we don't have any story to back up this now. It was, yeah. it was all style and no substance. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. 100% agree. So, but no, definitely that's why I never really got into Midnight. And I just, I feel like he's all the stuff I hate about Batman in one character. <laughs> right? But, and he's, like, but he's cocky as well. It was like a cockiness added onto yeah, it. Yeah, right, exactly. So he's like, oh, we can't beat him because like Deathstroke, he can, or not Deathstroke, Ravager, he knows what you're going to do before you do. And it's like, well, then why am I rooting for him? If he's got everything figured out already... It's just not interesting, you know? is it? No. He, no. Be, so, like, honestly, the, the power set would be more interesting than a villain, which I guess is what Ravager yeah. was. So, so it makes sense. Right. But, exactly. So yeah. like, you know, so all of there. But then you, like, the relationship with him and Apollo, like, you could, people could take that as like, oh, they're just shocking by putting Batman and Superman in a relationship. But then from what I've read is the fact that they're so different is what balances both of them out. And so they're actually better when they're with each other than on their own. And so I think that's a pretty interesting, you know, and that's something that I could see Warren Ellis doing, right? Like he yeah. writes them differently when they're together than in their solo or in Stormwatch or the authority or whatever. So also, I just fundamentally like the idea of naming the Superman knockoff after a son. Yeah. Right. It's, it's real cool. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, yeah, I feel like we, we beat up on Orlando, but not in the way that we do on, on another writer. Um, you, you mean know. the one I just spoke about? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, I feel like there's ideas there that could work. Like you said, the best work came with Jody Hauser or with Seely or with King, you know, or, or Snyder. But you put him by himself and we're kind of like, oh, these kind of miss. But he's not bad, you know, like... I wish him well in his future endeavors. Right? <laughs> he's, he's, he's bad enough that I know I don't like to read it, but yeah. it's not like, oh, this is all terrible and no one should read this, where yeah. there are there are definitely some writers where I I do not understand why anyone no, would want to read there's this. A, there's an audience for his voice, but unfortunately, like the more it's I've nice. read, the more I've read from Lando, the more I, I know I dislike his work. So, uh, yeah, and Midnight Earth one didn't change anything for me, so... That's what it is. Ouch. Anyway, yes. Best stuff of the week. We did a pair of favorite panel slash ball. We did our favorite cover, favorite art, uh, top five books. Uh, so we'll start off with favorite panel slash moment. Matt, what you got? So I have a couple. Uh, one was the the Bart running in Impulse into Star Labs. And they had the spiral. That was real cool. But it's going to be from Hawkman. It's going to be the Kendra, not Kendra, Shira, uh, Realizing all of her past selves and being a part of this greater narrative with Carter. That's a real cool scene. Go, cool. Connor. Yeah, I'm glad I picked a backup because like that was a, a strong oh. contender. Uh, it was basically, if, if you picked me first, I was going to take that. Um, <laughs> but instead, I will go with the, the placenta forming the dollhouse. <laughs> because holy shit, yes. Gross. Yeah, um... I don't have an obvious pick this week, actually. I, mm, I'll go with Young Justice. I'll I'll go with um, uh, it's, it's kind of weird, but I, I basically I really like the opening when it was it was like Impulse recruiting the the four newbies or well, the same newbies, but newbies to this team in particular. Uh, okay. I really like that stuff. 
Um, it was just it was really good at establishing, you know, what they were. Uh, quickly having him go go around and kind of like I, I liked that it went back and filled in how he got those four together because obviously they appeared at the end of the last issue. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'll go with that. I, I don't really have like an obvious one that jumped to my head though this week. To be honest, I was kind of had, had to think about that. Uh, best uh, cover of the week. I'll jump in first because I've got one. Uh, basically, it's the variant for Batman and the Outsiders, the Delato one. Uh, that is real nice. That is beautiful. That is nothing, cool. nothing else came close for me. So, yeah, Connor. I'll I'll just mention another couple because that is probably going to be my pick. So I'll mention a couple of the ones that I did like. Uh, I like the the dollhouse uh, variant. Um, I really like that, and also just the regular Hawkman cover. The the oh, Matt, your mate's gone. Uh, uh, had a pretty nice Janin cover. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go with the 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 Delato. That 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 race the, the the horizontal one as well ah looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt. Yeah, so I'm not going with that one. Um, Dollhouse family is pretty nice, but so is the Hawkman variant where he looks like a proper bar- barbarian, big old wings, got the mace, taking up the full panel. Uh, so that one's mine. Okay, uh, so I'll take us on to R of the week, Connor. Um. Hawkman. Matt? Hawkman. Okay. Uh, Batman and Outsiders for me. Thanks for sorry yeah. takes it. Uh, so, top five books of the week. Matt, go. Alright. I'm making the clean sweep. Hawkman's number one. Um, then I'll put Young Justice 2, Dollhouse Family 3. Um, when they're all stacked like that, I forget which my order is. Uh, Dollhouse 3, Terrifics 4, oh no, Batman the Outsiders 4, Terrifics 5. Cool, Connor? Uh, Hawkman, then Dollhouse Family. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, alright, my number one is Batman the Outsiders, my number two is Young Justice, my number three is Superman, my number four is... Or four's Dollhouse Family. And then my number five. You know what? I'll. Mm, yeah, I'll give it to Flash. Flash can sneak out at number five. But all this is Flash appeared in any of our top fives. Um, not a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. Was, it, was that, it was that or Terrifics, right? And I, I, I gave them both the same score, I think. So I was just kind of weighing up in my mind. Uh, I guess I'm just happy to have Flash back at a, <laughs> a reasonable level. Uh, so there you go. Uh, as the top five, I'll tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. Uh, we have, assuming certain world events don't somehow lead to comics also stopping. As, uh, as of right now, uh, Diamond have confirmed they're still shipping every okay. week. Yeah, that's good. Um, also, the uh, digital. I'm pretty sure they could sell just throw them up there digitally. Like, yeah, but would they I, if I, they can't ship books? Like, would they release it just they'd that probab- way? They'd probably wait. I think just because yeah. the, the stores would feel shafted. I don't like that because I like my solution that I still get to read yeah. comics. Which which basically means that if, they, if for some reason they don't put out books at any point over this this pandemic, I feel like we're also going to have to get creative with our episodes. Like, hey, here's our, you know, that's not to be a crowdless can't talk wrestling sports. show. Uh, we can't talk sports, though. Uh, luckily, people can send us questions, though. Uh, and True. That, that could be a thing. They better not. If this messes with my comics, <laughs> I could really mess with hockey and movies. 
Like, Antlers got pushed back, which might mm-hmm. be my most anticipated right now. New Mutants got delayed again. Again. What, <laughs> they, come on. Just put it on Disney Plus, goddammit. Yeah. Just well, give up. Hey, I'm watching Frozen 2 tomorrow, because they're throwing that up there. They are. So, they're throwing it up there like three months early, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's that's fine. I mean, I didn't make it to the theater. Connor, did you see Onward? Because I didn't even know if I no, had to read I, something. I, I didn't get to go this week at the end. And okay. I... I Yes, what did, what, did, uh, what did Matt say he was going to read? Uh, and I, this, I put this on Twitter, so I'll share it with everyone else. I said, if Connor does not like Onward, and you have to be sincere about this, can't just say you didn't to, to screw me over, right? Um, I would read Flash Forward. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, there is only one Pixar film I hands down do not like. Uh, it's... Cars 2, obviously. Um, uh. It's terrible. Oh, um, there's, there's two I, I don't like. That and Good Dinosaur. Good Dinosaur was... Good Dinosaur is flawed, but I don't I, I don't dislike it, it. It's a slap in my dinosaur-loving face. <laughs> okay. Um, so the odds are in your favor. I think Good. That, that'll like it. But All you, right. you never know. Well, anyway, so yeah. this is what's coming out next week from DC. Uh, again, but barring no changes. Uh, Fingers a- crossed. Aquaman 58, Batman 91. We have Deceased Unkillables issue 2. We have Justice League 43, we have the Lolo Woods issue 4, we have Nightwing 70, Plunge issue 2, oh I'm looking forward to that, uh, Robin's 80th anniversary, 100 page, super spectacular, uh, mungo thingamajig. If Robin gets shafted this week because of everything going on, it might be like, one of my favorite panels of all time is is when Dick decides to go be Nightwing, it's because he'll always be the back end of Batman and Robin. Mm Mm-hmm. And just the Robin special getting delayed would, would just make that panel forever true. Sure. So, uh, so we got that. We've got Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number nine, Teen Titans 40, and uh, You're the Villain, Hill Risen, issue four. four. So uh-huh. uh, that's what's coming out next week. So interesting mix. Pretty healthy. Nine books and one of them's, you know, 100 pages. Yeah, it's not the yeah. busiest week ever, but again, one of them being that long is kind of what makes that, it... That counts. It's like five books worth, in theory. Well, that's it. The last right. one, admittedly, though, ended up only being like 80, so we'll see. I, I, I still yeah. think something was cut from that, like, really late. Yeah, we'll Flash. see. We'll see. Maybe. Um, so we were talking about the, the variants for uh, Deceased, mm-hmm. and the, the, the movie variant for this one is um, Full Metal Jacket, I'm pretty sure. So it's not even going sci-fi. They're just pulling from Warner Brothers movies mm. at this yeah, point. Just, just go for it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fine by me like parody covers do you remember when they did the parody movie covers oh yeah that was I've, another i've got a couple that was new that was new 52 right yeah i i actually bought yeah, a so couple that's another thing from new 52 i like that they did i bought a couple of those that i didn't even read like you know like i, I yeah. wasn't reading uh like flash or green lantern then but i bought them because Flash had the really nice uh north by northwest one right yeah green yeah. lantern had 2001 a space odyssey uh superman one of them had gone with the wind uh, action had bill and ted's excellent adventure i think that was that. That was one I was stupidly mm. excited for. Of course you so, um, so that's a few interesting, interesting yeah. ones. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think Green Lantern Core had Forbidden Planet as well. So, so what we've actually established there yeah. is gimmicky variant covers do sell more because people maybe buy things that he wasn't even going to read. That is actually the, the only time in the history of comics for me that I've bought a va- I've bought I've bought something just for a cover because I just thought they were kind of cool. I I have bought a handful of variant covers of books I will never read. Just because mm-hmm. I really like the cover. And I know, uh, I know. Uh, here we go. Right, the only time I've ever done it. Justice Justice League had the Magic Mike one, which might have been the worst. <laughs> um, Supergirl had Wizard of Oz, which was which was strong. Um, 
Batgirl's Purple Rain, which that one was pretty cool. Sinestro. Sinestro had Westworld. Um, the, yeah, the Green Lantern Corps. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that stuck out. Aquaman was Free Willy. That one's pretty strong. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. That was pretty pretty mm-hmm. fun. Uh, looks like Batman and Robin was Harry Potter. Um, As you do. Justice League Dark was Beetlejuice. So yeah, there there were some good ones, and then there's some real bad ones. Like the the Titans one was Lost Boys, and it was Ugh. not not Detective so good. Comics did Matrix, right? I believe so. It's uh, it's not popping up now. I'm looking. Yep, Detective Comics did did uh, the Matrix. Yeah, so there was some. There was some. There was some. Yeah. Um, Batman had the mask with with Joker. Harley Quinn had Jailhouse Rock. Which that one's a that one's a weird pull. Mm. Um, yeah, but that Flash one is probably my favorite. That and the Bill and Ted action comics. Yeah. So some of them were nice. Yeah. So yeah, what we're saying is they feel free to pull, um, from from great movie history. Just don't, I'm they just looking at some of them now. The the Wonder Woman uh, three hundred. Yeah. I, I kind of love. Although I take this back, I, I the Grayson and the Dragon one also pretty pretty damn good. Hmm. No, we're just listening things. Yeah, yeah, just listen to it covers that. So that that does wrap up more or less uh, episode. Uh, 198 of Cards from the Multiverse. We're coming up on 200. Uh, as I said last time, uh, send in questions to mftvquestions at gmail.com uh, to send questions related to our second hundred, second hundred, two hundredth episode. Technically not wrong. Uh, yeah, it's not wrong. Uh, so you can send in questions. We'll do some questions on that episode, uh, regardless of how many books, just to make it a bit special because it's episode 200 and funds and whatnot. Uh, so send in some questions. I'll, I'll ask on Twitter the week of as well. But you can send in some longer questions. Uh, or even if not even questions, I just want to send us some mail uh, for us to read on the show. Uh, Pete's fishing for compliments. I'll take compliments. We'll read some compliments out in episode 200. Uh, but you can you can do that. Uh, mftvquestions at gmail.com. No, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, gmail.com. Yeah, mftvquestions at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. So uh, you can do that. Um, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and everything we do here. Uh, the $5 tier, you get the, the show a day early, as well as previously in the multiverse, but you also get a day early, which is me and Connor talking about classic DC books. So if you haven't checked out previously in the multiverse, then uh, maybe go check that out. It's uh, every other week. We're going to go have a look. But you can do that. Uh, check out other stuff uh, that we do on Mailfest TV, other movie podcasts, uh, Screams After Minutes, a horror movie podcast, the Atomic Cinema Experiments, a sci-fi movie podcast, uh, TV shows get reviewed every week. Uh, it's a whole thing. Uh, so go and have a look at all that stuff. Like, subscribe, comment, and all that jazz. Ding the bell on YouTube for the notifications. All these things do help us. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. More people will find us that way. All of these things do help us. So if you want to support the show um, financially at Patreon, but uh, for free, all those other ways that I mentioned uh, are all good too. So uh, go and go and have a look. But uh, that has been that's that has been episode one nine eight. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.